0: I'm 1600 KVA and 93.7 FM. This is Liberty Ladies for a Saturday with Rebecca. She's got a guest and it's going to be an exciting three hours as it has been the last uh, few weekends. Rebecca, good afternoon.
1: Hey there, Eddie. So everybody, uh, welcome back to another Saturday of Freedom Speak with Liberty Ladies Unite. This show is going to be a little bit different because Natalie is taking care of some personal business this week. So she is not going to be with me. Today, but I have a good friend of both of ours named Joe, and um, he is going to be uh, co-hosting, and he is going to be our, I guess he's going to be our honorary Liberty Lady today. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to everybody, Joe. It's such a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me here today, Rebecca. <laughs> Hello, so, everybody. So uh, we're back on the Kiva, the Talk. Uh Liberty, and you can email us at libertyladiesunite at gmail.com. You can also put the Rock of Talk app on your phone. It's a really great app. That way you can listen to us when you're out and about. Uh, you can, and I highly recommend uh, the Rock of Talk dot chat. It is a great way to support this radio station. If you like this show, if you like this station, it is a great way to support us. It's a great way to listen to previous shows, pre recorded shows. You can listen to shows that have already played. You can listen to you can read some great articles. You can read annotations on shows. It's it's really, really an awesome resource, and it's very, very cheap to, to use. There's also therockoftalk.com. You can listen to our show on your computer. <clears throat> this is all an excellent alternative to the fake news, the Trump bashing, and having Rona fear mark, uh, fear, fear-mongering crap rammed down your throat all day long. I, I know I get sick of that, and... I think you will like this, so give it a try. So, anyway, today's show is pre-recorded, so unfortunately there won't be any phone calls today. But Natalie and I will be back next Saturday with a live show. So today's topics: um, we're gonna, I'm gonna start off with a monologue. I found a really great ar- article by David Horowitz um, concerning freedom. Uh, he's calling it "fighting words." Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Supreme Court decision that recently came down in New York against our friend Mr. Como up there. We're going to talk a little bit about election fraud. We're going to talk mask mania and maybe some other things depending on our time. We're going to be on three hours today. <clears throat> so let me get started. Also, oh, one more thing I want to add in. For those of you <coughs> excuse me, that don't know, the station's transmitter last weekend was vandalized up on the crest. We've got some video on that. I'm not sure if uh, a lot of you have watched it, but you should. If any of you have any information on the individual that did that, uh, it shows their truck, it shows them, uh, a couple of guys. We don't know who they are yet, but they seem to have a lot of inside knowledge about the facility up on the crest. So maybe an inside job, I don't know. But one thing I want to tell all of you, is that this show, this station, we are not going to be silenced. We are going to keep doing what we're doing. So just keep that in mind. And we got some leads. We're looking for you, and I think we're going to get you. So any of our supporters that can give us info, do it. So I'm going to start off with, uh, I'm just going to read this article by David Horowitz, and then afterwards we're probably going to be touching on, points in it, we're going to be talking about it throughout our our show, because I think it summarizes a lot of the things that we talk about on this show. So here we go. Fighting Words by David Horowitz. By now it should be obvious, even to conservatives, that we are in a war. It is a conflict that began nearly 50 years ago when the street revolutionaries of the 60s joined the Democrat Party. Their immediate goal was to help the communist enemy win the war in Vietnam. But they stayed to expand their influence in the Democrat Party and create the radical force that confronts us today. The war that today's Democrats are engaged in reflects the values and methods of those radicals. It is a war against us, against individual freedom, against America's constitutional order, and against the capitalist engine of our prosperity. Democrat radicals know what they want and where they are going. As a result, they are tactically and organizationally years ahead of patriotic Americans who are only beginning to realize they are in a war. The Democrats' plan to steal the 2020 election was hatched many years ago when Democrats launched their first attacks on voter IDs and then every effort to secure the integrity of the electoral system. Those attacks metastasized into an all-out assault on Election Day itself with early and late voting grace periods and a flood of 92 million mail-in ballots, hundreds of thousands of which were delivered in the middle of the night to be counted behind the backs of Republican observers after Election Day had passed. The result of these efforts is that Election Day no longer really exists as a day when the votes are cast and counted. This is a fact that offers generous opportunities for the election saboteurs to do their work. Those saboteurs' opportunities were greatly enhanced this year with the installation in battleground states of voting machines specifically designed to calculate how many votes were required to steal an election and then to switch ballots already cast and deliver them to the chosen party. Mail-in ballots were indispensable to the realization of this plan. I will not deal at length on the years it took the Republican Party and American patriots to recognize what the Democrat Party had become or the threat it posed to our country as an enemy within. Suffice it to say that Republicans can still be heard referring to Democrats as liberals when it is obvious even to them that there is nothing liberal about their principles or methods. They are vindictive bigots who are actively destroying the First Amendment in our universities, on the Internet, and in our once-but-no-longer-free press. Suffice it to note that while Democrats accuse Republicans, including the president, of being racists and traitors, the response of Republican leaders is this. Oh, the Democrats are just playing politics. This is not playing people. It is a war. They are trying to kill us politically, and we need to respond accordingly to fight fire with fire. Today's Democrat Party is a party of character assassins and racists. Republicans know this, but are reluctant to say it. That is how a pathological liar and corrupt political whore like Joe Biden can accuse the choice of 73 million Americans of being a white supremacist and also murdering 220,000 coronavirus patients. That's why Biden and his gunslingers can do with no, do so with no consequences, without so much as a wrist slap from moderates and independents who know better. The Democrats' ability to intimidate well-meaning Americans is that great. Is this too blanket a con- condemnation? condemnation? Where then is the Democrat who was outraged, outraged by the four-year Russian collusion hoax and the failed coup and impeachment attempts, all of which accused the president without a shred of evidence of treason? Where was the Democrat who descended from the public lynching of an ex- exemplary public servant, Justice Brett Kavanaugh? over an incident that never happened 37 years ago at a time when he was a high school kid. Where is the Democrat who has condemned the violent street criminals of Antifa and Black Lives Matter who got away with conducting the most destructive civic insurrection in American history, orchestrating mayhem and disrespect for the law that led to the murders of scores of people who happened to have been mainly black? What follows is a basic vocabulary for understanding the political war that has engulfed us. When it is used by enough Americans who love their country, it will cancel the surreal universe that Democrats' lies have imposed on us, and the war will be on its way to being won. Democrats are not Democrats. They are totalitarians. They have declared war on the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Electoral College, the Senate, the Supreme Court... The election system, and the idea of civil order. They have called for the Republican president of the United States to be deplatformed and jailed. Their obvious goal is a one party state that criminalizes dissent. To them, support for such basic necessities as borders and law enforcement are racist. If you oppose their efforts to legalize infanticide, they will condemn you as enemies of women. And if you make videos of their confessions to selling body parts and murdered, of murdered infants, they will, like Kamala Harris, throw you in jail. Progressives are not progressive. They are reactionaries. They are out to abolish liberal value systems and create a status hierarchy where race, gender, and sexual orientation define and confine you to an unalterable place in their new social order. If you are white or male or heterosexual or religious, just as Kavanaugh for all four, you are guilty before the fact. But if you are a member of a designated but increasingly imaginary victim group, you are innocent even when the facts show you are guilty. Like the reprehensible female who lied to Congress in a calculated attempt to destroy Kavanaugh's life and career. If you are a member of a victim group, You have an unlimited license to persecute others. Thus, the LGBTQ lobby is currently behind a nationwide crusade to strip Christians of their First Amendment rights and criminalize their religion. They use their victim status to leverage their hate of people who don't embrace their agendas and deploy it to crush them. And only Republicans seem to care. Identity politics is a pure form of racism. Yet Trump is the only Republican I'm aware of who has had the political spine to call a Democrat a racist. Identity wokeism is a totalitarian politics because it encompasses every aspect of life down to the pronouns one is ordered to use. The progressive police state will leave no space. Racists and aspiring totalitarians are what Democrats have become. The only moral principle they are guided by is the old Bolshevik saw the ends justify the means. They will say anything, however false, and condone anything, however criminal, which advances their goal of maximum power. Since race is the principal weapon wielded by Democrats, this is the most evident in their claim that there is systemic racism in America, which needs to be Rooted out, even if it means destroying the very foundations of law and order. When two Republican canvassers refused to certify the election result in Detroit, a city once rich in America, but now mainly black and poor, thanks to 59 years of misrule by Democrats, they were accused of system, system, systemic, sorry about that, systemic racism. This charge and the accompanying threats by the Democrat mob were so intimidating, the two withdrew their objections. But if there was, in fact, election fraud in Detroit, to object to it is not, by any stretch of the imagination, systemic racism. To believe otherwise is to believe that black people, due to their skin color, are incapable of committing election fraud. How racist is that? Systemic racism is an assertion made reflexively by Democrats that is never accompanied by evidence, for good reason. Systemic racism has been outlawed in America since the Civil Rights Act of 1964. If there were actual instances of systemic racism in 2020, there would be lawsuits, plenty of them. Even making the racist assumption, which the identity politics crowd does make, that all white people are white supremacists by dint of their skin color, There are tens of thousands of black lawyers, prosecutors, district attorneys, attorneys general, and elected officials who would be filing lawsuits over a practice that is illegal. You never hear of massive lawsuits over systemic racism because systemic racism is a myth. The myth lives because it is an indispensable weapon wielded by Democrats to advance their anti-democratic agendas and quests for power. But the only reason Democrats are able to do this so successfully, even going so far as to justify the arson, looting, and general destruction in more than 600 American cities this summer, is because Republicans and conservatives generally are too cowardly to confront them. This war will continue until patriotic Americans summon the courage to all Democrats, the racist liars, character assassins and aspiring totalitarians. That they actually are and to do so in so many words, blowback works. <clears throat> this was such a great article. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I came across this earlier this week and I had some other ideas for the show and I saw this. It's like, no, I got to read this. Everybody needs to hear this.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And,
1: and it's it, for anybody that wants to look it up online. It's, by uh let's see uh it was on power and it's titled fighting words by david horowitz share it with all your friends get them all to read it it's it's just incredibly enlightening
3: it is you know in this first paragraph um that you read regarding the street revolutionaries of the 60s joined the democratic party etc etc and they wanted uh the communist enemy to win the war in Vietnam. I grew up in that era, and, you know, back then we were trying to fight communism. And I remember as a kid, a Russian um, dignitary said, we are not going to destroy America from without. We are going to destroy America from within. And today, we see this happening in America. Um, The Democrats are highly organized. Um, uh, Republicans are not as organized, but we need to get organized. We need to stick together as conservatives. The Democrats cover each other's back, no matter what.
1: Well, they they go in lockstep. Literally, they do. And I think the problem... With And I don't really look at this as a problem. I look at this as a, as a positive thing uh, from the conservative side and Republicans. For the most part, I think you will agree that Republicans, conservatives, are have Christian values.
3: Yes, I and, agree with
1: that. And they also are more into critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And so critical thinking results in people having discussions and having disagreements. Mm-hmm. And whereas Democrats, for the most part, they've got a playbook they all follow. They've got talking points they all follow. They don't really do any critical thinking. And they just kind of follow along as a like a big old mob, all doing the same thing, without questioning anything that they're doing.
3: Yeah, that is correct. And most of the time I think it's just uh, a lack of knowledge on behalf of the Democrats, really understanding what is taking place in America today. Um, I know here in, in New Mexico, I'm originally from California and I moved here in 2017. And when I first moved here, I want to partake in the elections and I couldn't find any information on the candidates. Now in California, you get a complete book that has every candidate, has pros and cons, what they're for, their background, education and so on and so forth. Here we have uh, really no direction on how to find out information on these candidates. So you're going into a voting booth basically with no knowledge and you're just voting your party. Um, you know, when I went to go vote this past election, I was standing in line and I asked some of the people that were in the line, can you tell me where you find information on the candidates? And they said, what, what do you mean? Oh, oh, yeah. And I was blown away. I'm like, you're going into a voting booth to vote and you didn't do your research first. You have no idea what their background is, what their agenda is, where they plan on taking this state, let alone our country, you know, on the federal
1: level. Unfortunately, so many people, that's how they vote. They don't they don't do the research. That reminds me of my experience going to vote. Now, you know that I was heavily involved in what was going on this year with the with all the campaigns I was in I was involved with the Trump victory team I did a lot of rallies I did a lot of protests I knocked on doors and one thing that we were trying to do very very hard this this election season is we were trying to inform people I was going around with pamphlets about information on all the candidates and I believe this is the only way that they were getting the information because one thing I can say is the leader of the Republican National uh, the Republican Party in this state was absent. Where the heck was he?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where was Steve Pierce? Right. Where was he? He didn't show up to any of our rallies. He was certainly invited. <clears throat> I wasn't Listening to really any, I did, wasn't hearing any commercials that Steve Pierce was doing. So, all of these social media outlets, mainstream media outlets, they were absent. Mm-hmm. Now we were out there working our butts off out on the ground, and we reached a lot of people. But you know, despite just like the judges that run the ballot this year, we were trying our darndest to get that information out to people. Make sure you vote for these constitutional judges that are are, and i'm not going to call them i'm not going to call them conservative judges because i don't think we should have conservative judges and liberal judges we should have constitutional judges because that's what their job is to do is to determine whether something is constitutional or not personal bias should have no bearing on their decisions
3: yeah we don't want our judges legislating from the bench no
1: we don't absolutely not so i i went to the polling place and um after I voted, I came outside waiting for um, my roommate to come back out and and somebody else. And I, um, a couple people came out, and they were all dressed up in patriotic gear. They had their truck parked out there with big American flags on it and stuff. And it's like, well, come on. I mean, I knew how they voted. <laughs> and so I had a little discussion with them, and they had no idea about the judges. So... As hard as we tried to reach everyone with the information on the judges, which are critically important, we, we didn't. And the Republican Party in New Mexico was doing nothing. By the way, Eddie Aragon, person that runs this station, he is running to, to take that position. Well, he's got my vote. He's got mine, too. <laughs> okay, because I know Eddie's going to leverage e- every resource at his disposal to make sure people are informed.
3: Absolutely. And, and that's what we mm-hmm. need. We need
1: more information,
3: more education. But, you know, I, I want to direct us back to this first paragraph for a moment because, you know, going back to communism, the Vietnam War, that era, a lot of those individuals today are now in their 60s and 70s and so on and so forth. We grew up in that era where we were fighting, fighting communism. I don't understand why in this election so many of them voted for the Democratic Party, which is moving us right into socialism. It's,
1: it's mind-boggling. It is. I don't get it.
3: It is mind-boggling. And I, and I don't understand it either, to be honest with you. What happened? Mm. No, I
1: mean, you would think that those people would would understand yeah. what's going on. It's like, well, what were we fighting for back then? And, and here you want to throw it all away? Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, we know about Khrushchev and, and Kennedy when the world was on edge, uh, also the Bay of Pigs, all the things that have, that have happened. And did we forget about all that? So now we want to bring communism to this country?
1: Well, it's, it's kind of like on 9-11, how the World Trade Center got attacked and destroyed. Thousands of people lost their lives. A lot of people lost their lives afterwards from breathing in the toxic uh, debris that was in the air. Mm -hmm. And we seem to be all united at that point in time. But yet now we have people that are going along with the concept of open borders where you just let anybody in unchecked. You don't know who they are. You could be filling our country with potential terrorists. And there's a lot of people that don't seem to care. Mm -hmm. It's like. Do people have a short memory, or, or I don't know what's going on? Yeah, I I don't
3: know either. I I can't figure it out. I can't really put my thumb on it. But one thing I do know is, as conservatives, we need to get together. We need to be organized. We don't be talking about other Republicans. The Democrats don't do that. Nope. You know, and we just need to support one another. I I know. Um, you know, you mentioned Steve Pearce. So I was backing Alexis Martinez Johnson for the Congressional 3rd District here in New Mexico, and they wanted to know, if hey, can we put some signs in your front yard? I said, sure, come on over. Mm-hmm. So they put the signs in the front yard, and while the gentleman was there, he was telling me that um, Steve Pierce wouldn't show up at any of their their events.
1: Yeah, he was totally absent from everything.
3: Yeah, well, the gentleman that was running it um, his family is pretty wealthy here in New Mexico, and they, they own a ranch. Um, and, of course, there's oil on their land, which that's where their money came from. But once Steve Pierce found out that that individual had oil money, then he showed up. Oh, See, oh need,
1: my God. We need to back each really? other regardless. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw some – I received an email the other day, and I wish I could remember who it was from. Somebody just given the highest praises to Steve Pierce about how he did such a great job with the RNC. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Did he do anything? It was it, I I I I don't know. It's like, dude, where were you? It's like where is all this stuff that you think Steve Pierce was doing?
3: Yeah, exactly. He he
1: did pretty much next to nothing. I I kind of wonder if he was If he did anything, I don't know. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I wanted to uh, bring up
3: something else here, too, because I want to give some credit where credit is due. Um, In the article where it said, where was the Democrat who descended from the public lynching and where was the Democrat who has condemned the violent street criminals of Antifa and so on and so forth? um, You know, Jeff Van Drew uh he was the one that met uh, president trump at the white house okay okay so there's an article out on him you can find it on wikipedia but um he was against the impeachment process of donald trump and so i know there are some democrats out there that you know you do like our president
1: they're far and few between, unfortunately.
3: They are. they are. But, you know, there are some. So yeah. I, I don't want to put all Democrats in the in the same uh, room and say, you know, they're all this way because they're not. But um, he he's a member of the Republican Party now. When he left the Democratic Party in 2020, and he opposed the support for the impeachment of President Donald Trump. And i got to take Good my for him. hat off to this man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, along with him was... Uh, Representative by the name of Colin Peterson. So he also uh, was against um, the impeachment of Trump. I just wish we had a lot more of them.
1: Well, and you know, we did have a large movement this time around, the walk away movement. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of Democrats that walked away from the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party is, like this article said, is no longer the Democrat Party. Right. It's the Socialist Party. It's the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. It's it's so out there and so far left that it was act, that Joe Biden was endorsed by the Communist Party of the USA, mm-hmm. literally endorsed. Mm-hmm. And why is that not affecting people? Not to mention, you hear about now that a lot of Democrats are coming out and saying. Oh, well, we had no idea about those stories about Hunter Biden's laptop and all the corrupt dealings. And if we had known that, we wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, well, the media covered it up. Right. The media is complicit in the fraud. Mm-hmm. And they're no longer concerned with telling the truth or simply giving the news. They want to. Manipulate the outcome. Yeah, you know,
3: until mm-hmm. President Trump became president and said he was going to drain the swamp, I didn't realize, as an American citizen, how deep the corruption went at all levels of our government. I, I mean, you
1: know, I, I had, I had no idea there. It's way deeper than I ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And
3: all this has come to the surface, and Donald Trump has brought it all to the surface.
1: And it even extends into the Republican Party.
3: Mm-hmm. It does. And it's bad. And we, we as American citizens, we need to clean this up. This is our country. And we need, to, we need to get in there. We need to put the right leaders in office that are going to get us back to what America is and stands for.
1: And like right now, the mainstream media is hard at work trying to say, oh, well, we just think Trump should just concede. And because he just, um, you know, he lost and, and he should concede and do the right thing. And But the thing is, is the evidence of election fraud is huge. It's overwhelming. I I mean, how could you... How could you not see it?
3: Yeah, last night I was watching uh, the news, and they were bringing on just average Americans that had signed affidavits who had witnessed this election fraud, and I was appalled. I said, this has to go to the Supreme Court. This must get to the Supreme Court. I mean, we had a truck driver who said that um, he picked up ballots in New York and transferred them to, I believe it was Harristown,
1: Pennsylvania, 24 pallets of ballots. So why would there be ballots in New York? Crossing state lines? For the Pennsylvania election? Yeah, very why would, interesting. Why isn't anybody asking that? And, and you know, something that just outraged me the other day that I heard on the news, you probably heard this too, what the heck is going on with Bill Barr? Bill Barr coming out and saying there's no evidence of election fraud. Okay, Bill, are you living with your head in the sand? I, I, I don't get it. Hundreds of affidavits, counting of ballot stops on election night at 10 p.m. And then when the counting supposedly stopped, a few hours after that, hundreds of thousands of Joe Biden ballots get dumped mm-hmm. in the dark of the night when nobody's paying attention. Dead people not only voting but registering to vote. Now that's 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 something there. And don't forget the dead people. Oh, yes, they voted too. Dogs and cats. <laughs> I heard of a few instances of that. More okay, this is a good one here. More absentee ballots received than were sent out. I know. Uh witnesses coming out doing affidav- affidavits saying that they saw what looked like Ballots that were literally just Xeroxed over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. The same ballot Mm -hmm. being turned in multiple times. Yep. Huge amounts of evidence showing that nearly 100% registered voter turnout in certain places, namely big cities where they could have the most impact. Yeah, yeah. So how... How many times have you ever heard of nearly 100% voter turnout? I'm talking like 95% here or more. Statistically, it's impossible. <laughs> it never <laughs> happens. I mean, I normally hear a maybe a 50 or 60% turnout, 100% turnout. Wake up, people. Yeah, wake up. You're being lied to. And you know, Bill Barr, I am really, really questioning him. And what about, oh, what's the guy's name, the, the lawyer that's working with him? Um Durham. Oh. Durham and this so called investigation he's been having where nobody has been prosecuted.
3: Here's my theory on that, okay? Um, today is what, December the 3rd, okay? Yeah. And we're running on a countdown to January of 2021 when the president would normally get inaugurated. So my theory is that the Department of Justice picks up the case and begins the uh, investigations of voter fraud, it's going to tie it up with the Department of Justice, which will delay it from going to the Supreme Court. So I think Bill Barr, in my opinion, is being very intelligent in the way he's handling this because Yes, right now Americans are going, wait, what the heck's going on? Why doesn't Bill Barr, it's so obvious. It is obvious.
1: But why would he make that ridiculous statement that there's no evidence of voter fraud? Why would he do that?
3: Because it can be appealed to the Supreme Court. If it goes to the Department of Justice, it'll get tied up there. And we're we're on a countdown right now. The clock is ticking. Oh, yeah. So it needs to get to the Supreme Court as quickly as possible. And this is why... When I watch on the news and I see um, Giuliani, one of Trump's attorneys, going before each you know one of the state's uh, supreme courts, um, the ones that are getting denied, basically that's that's a pass or a pathway to say, okay, we've denied you, so you're going to appeal it. Right? Yeah, I've heard that. Let's get past these lower courts and and get to
1: where it really makes a difference.
3: So I believe that Bill Barr is going to do the exact same thing because if 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 he, like I said, picks up the case, it's going to be tied up in the Department of Justice for quite some time before it'll eventually go to the Supreme Court. So I think they're trying to put this on a fast track to get it there as soon as possible. That's just my opinion. I'm not a legal expert, but it just makes common sense to me that this is the playbook so that we can get this election over with and we can finally determine... Who is going to be our president for the next four years?
1: And another thing that I want people to be aware of, and you should do a little research on this, the mainstream news, if you're actually listening to them, which, honestly, I would suggest that you not listen to them, just turn them off, is that you need to understand the difference between a recount and an audit. Okay, so... You hear about all these recounts where they're recounting and they're recounting and they're saying, oh, it didn't really change anything to recount, didn't change anything. Okay, keep in mind that we're do- when they're doing a recount, they're just doing a, they're just taking the ballots they have, whether they're phony ballots or real ballots or whatever they are, and they're just recounting them. Okay, well, that doesn't surprise me that the count would come out about the same, okay, because they're just recounting the same fraudulent ballots. Right. An audit, on the other, on the other hand, is something where you have probably like a Republican or Democrat sitting there next to each other and za- examining a ballot, examining the envelope,
3: checking the signature,
1: checking the signature, checking the voter rolls, make sure they're actually on the voter rolls,
3: mm-hmm.
1: make sure that it's not a voter that uh, they received the fake ballot, and, oh, they're not on the voter roll, so they add them in when they're counting the vote. Imagine that. They count them in, and then they give them, I, I don't know, they give them some birth date that makes them over 100 years old or something. Yeah, on the news they were saying it was January 1st of
3: 1900.
1: Yeah, 1900. <laughs> Boy, a lot of really old people voting, huh? <laughs> so, So what we should be demanding is audits.
3: Absolutely.
1: And this is going to take a while. Now, in the article um, that I – actually, I watched an interview on um, – it says Broadcast Network Exclusive. Um, I watched this interview, and it had Michael Flynn. They had an interview with Michael Flynn. They had uh, a uh, they had a General Thomas Mc, Mc, McInerney. McInerney. McInerney and mary fanning and general mcinerney suggested that trump should do his constitutional duty and refuse to leave office office until this is resolved well doesn't he have a right to stay in
3: office until it's resolved
1: i would think so i I think so my
3: understanding is that if we get to this uh the inauguration is, what, on the 17th or the 20th of January? Yeah. yeah. It's right around that time period. Yeah. My understanding is that if a individual is not selected president, that the secretary of the House will become interim president until the election is decided. I want this decided right away, as fast as possible, because I do not want Nancy Pelosi becoming the interim president.
1: The thought of that just scares the hell out of me. Oh,
3: it scares me, too. And what I'm afraid of is, can you imagine, hypothetically, if she does become interim president until they've decided this election, what the Democrats could do to this country, the damage that can be caused through the legislation that she might sign during that interim period? Oh,
1: it's it's It could be devastating. It's frightening. Yes, it is. They could literally bankrupt this country and bankrupt our children, our grandchildren, to where this country could never recover.
3: Yeah. And that's, you know, going back to Barr again, too. That's why I think Bill Barr is, in my opinion, playing this off not to take it up as a DOJ case so that we can get this resolved before January when the president is to be inaugurated.
1: I hope you're right.
3: I hope I'm right too. I
1: I do. So you know, I was it, when I was reading this monologue, it got me thinking about some things. This these ideas just come into my head when I read these things. And basically what the left is trying to do is they're trying to distort The concept of liberty and freedom and God-given rights. And especially we're seeing it in this state, where we have a tyrannical dictator running the state. And unfortunately, a lot of people are rolling over, going along, not pushing back, because she's just got everybody afraid.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, New Mexicans need to stand up. Now, I I told you once before I'm from California and I've moved here, so I'm kind of an outsider looking in at the moment and still getting my bearings straight here in this state, but I have never seen so much fear in a state in my life. Oh, yeah. And I know back in California when, because I was politically involved there, and I would talk to some of the congressmen and whatnot, and they would say, do you know what it takes to make change? in a county or even a state, for example, or even on the federal level, doesn't matter, roughly around 10 to 25 letters. And the reason that is is because each letter that is sent in is weighted. What that means is one letter, depending on the size and and scope of the geographical area you're in, um, one letter may be weighted, for example, uh, for 10,000 people. And that's what it was in California. For every letter that came in, they figured there were 10,000 additional individuals, just like this person that thought the same way. And so they said literally 10 to 25 letters could make a change in a county or a state. That's all, when you think about it. Wow, that's not much. And can you imagine in New Mexico if we jammed the switchboard up at the roundhouse and piles and piles of letters were coming in on a daily basis, you know what they would be reporting to the governor? Governor, our switchboards are jammed. The letters are coming. Do you you think they'd be running a little scared? Like, you know, maybe people are not liking our policies and maybe we need to change what we're doing if we want to stay in power?
1: Yeah, yeah. If you really want to have some impact, send a certified letter. I don't know about you, but whenever I receive a certified letter in the mail, it's like, oh, no hmm what did i do exactly. what am i in trouble for <laughs> <laughs> so so just flood the roundhouse with certified letters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god i'm in such trouble yeah the poor person that had to sign all those <laughs> i can't feel
3: my fingers <laughs> i know <laughs> oh my gosh that's a good thought Rebecca.
4: Yeah.
3: but yeah let's let's uh let's jam the switchboards let's write letters let's Let's start telling them what we want. I mean, we are, after all, the people. They work for us. So let's. Well, they're supposed to us. anyway. Yeah, they are. They
1: don't seem to be doing that, do they? No. No, no. they no. seem to be working for themselves. They are. They are. And it's
3: really sad because New Mexico is a wonderful state. You know, we have a lot to offer here. We've got a lot of resources. Um, and... I believe personally that New Mexico, with everything that it has to offer, could be the gem of the United States. It could be.
1: It could be. We've got, we have diverse uh, environments here. We have desert. We have mountains. Mm -hmm. We have forests. We have weather that is pretty mild throughout the year. It is. It doesn't get, normally doesn't get overwhelmingly hot during the summer and in the wintertime. It usually doesn't get extremely cold. Mm Mm-hmm. But yet you can go onto the mountains, and there's snow. Yeah. And you can ski, and you can play in the snow. And you come down from the mountain, there's not any snow. Right. So it's it's great. And we used to have a hugely diverse restaurants, little restaurants, family-owned restaurants. Those are gone. Mm-hmm. Those are probably gone for good. And I, I'm thinking that if we ever... Manage to get this state back on track and get rid of this dictator and get some politicians in Santa Fe that want to stand with us and for us, that maybe we can get a boom going in this state to where people actually feel comfortable opening a business in this state. Right. Right now... I, I used to have a business of my own. Now I just work as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. I, I would be scared to death to open a business in this state.
3: Yeah, I, I would be very selective on what type of business I opened in this time period with yeah. COVID-19. I My heart breaks for a lot of these restaurants. I mean, you know, these were people's dreams. And we don't really know what they sacrificed. It could have been an inheritance that they opened the money. They could have
1: taken their life, saving their life saying, savings saying, I'm going to do this because I love doing this. I'm mm-hmm. going to put everything on the line and I am gonna, I'm going to I'm going to try to make this work. Nobody ever imagined that the government would swoop in and tell you, uh, no, you haven't done anything wrong, but we're going to shut your business down. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. Who would have ever imagined that? If anybody ever thought that that threat ever loomed over them, I don't understand how they would ever feel comfortable with taking that kind of risk to run a business to start a business to invest in a business yeah i never thought i'd be living
3: in this time period
1: to see what
3: what we're seeing i never imagined it no but you know that's what i was saying my heart breaks for these people because they could have mortgaged their home could have been inheritance like you said but you know with all this happening in new mexico and and around the united states wouldn't it have been wonderful if our governor would have ran commercials that said new mexico has the weather we have the resources you know this that and the other thing come and see us new mexico is open for business that would have put us on the map oh yeah you know mexico new mexico is always running you know number 48 number 49 What, what do they say uh First in being last and last in being <laughs> yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, we could have made some great strides by using this particular crisis to say, hey, we're open for business. Come on over here.
1: Well, you know who has done that is Christy Noam up in, yeah, South, Dakota. in South, Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota's kicking butt right now. People are. are moving up there. They're starting their business. I just hope that South Dakota doesn't get overrun by a bunch of liberals they're going to bring their nonsense to South Dakota and ruin the state. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hearing the same thing about, I was hearing, uh, what was it? um, Yeah, the governor of Texas the other day was talking about how all these people are moving into state and moving their businesses there and Silicon Valley is moving their businesses there. It's like, uh, Abbott, I'm not sure if that's such a great thing. You need to think about the long-term consequences of this because along with these, Silicon Valley businesses, you might be bringing these liberal wackos in there with you. And then suddenly Texas is going to be destroyed just like California was.
3: Yeah. And if you notice, like you said, Texas, it's all the states with the, the large electoral votes. Yeah. Uh, California, Texas, uh, Illinois, New York, Pennsylvania. You know, here in New Mexico, we have what, five electoral votes. Um, we're a flyover state. Yep. Yeah. But a lot of these Democrats are moving to these densely populated areas because they have more electoral votes, and you know that's what it's all about. It's about getting that electoral vote. Yeah, so so going to take it over.:
1: I had some thoughts about this after I read this David Horowitz uh, article. It just really got me thinking about some stuff, and especially in this state, but this is happening in other places around the country too. What they're trying to do, like I said, they're trying to distort the concept of liberty, freedom, God-given rights. They're trying to make you believe that these things are a privilege. Okay, now, liberals, you hear them talk about things all the time. Well, health care is a privilege. Well, no, it's not. And the reason health care isn't a privilege is because in order to consider health care a privilege... That means you would have to force medical professionals to work for free. Liberty and freedom are things that, just like our founding documents say, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. None of these things are things that require that someone else give up their rights or provide services for free. These are things that just simply exist. You have the right to come and go when you want. You have the right to go wherever you want. You have the right to live your life and and explore your dreams and do the things you want to do. As long as you're not hurting somebody else. Like obviously, if you're breaking into somebody's radio station and trashing their transmitter <laughs> uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't consider I wouldn't consider that to be personal liberty or freedom because that's infringing upon somebody else's right to free speech right
3: that's right
1: <laughs> so so liberty and freedom are 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 things like we have the right to gather in groups if we want to, and it's not. That's something that's not a privilege that's given to us. That is a freedom that's a God-given right that we have. Mm-hmm. This doesn't infringe upon anybody else. We want to gather in a group. If you don't want to be gathering in the group with us, then stay away. You don't have to gather with us in that group. But they're trying to make that sort of thing like make you believe that's that that's a privilege. And it's like the government tells you when and how many you can gather with and Where and but, but no, they don't have the right to infringe upon that because that is a personal liberty, that is a God given right. We have the right to go to church if we want to, we have a right to worship as we please, we have a right to gather in church and respect whatever religion we want, we have a right to sing, we have a right to gather with as many other people and fellowship in church. That's what fellowship is. Mm-hmm. Those of you that don't go to church, that's fine. you know. But we still have the right to do it. Just like when somebody says something I don't like. Okay, you have the right to say it. And I will defend your right to say it. There are plenty of things that people say that I disagree with that even make me a little angry. But they still have a right to say it. Mm-hmm. It's their God-given right. Yeah, freedom of speech. Right. Shopping for groceries, they're trying to make that seem like a privilege. I've made a couple of trips to Walmart to go shop for groceries. We had to wait in line outside in the freezing cold for over an hour to get into the store. Why? Because the governor thinks that shopping for groceries is a privilege, and she has the right to tell us how many of us can shop for groceries at any given time. And whether or not that store has the right to let you in, that's another thing, too. The business owners are being infringed upon. There's, you know, a big, huge super Walmart has a huge capacity for people Mm -hmm. to where they can safely get in there. And if there's a fire, they can safely get out. Mm -hmm. So they're infringing upon the business as well on their freedom to run their business. And, of course, we talked about businesses just a few minutes ago. That's got to be seriously hurting their bottom line and the amount of money they need to make to pay the mortgage on that huge building and that property and mm-hmm. pay their electric bills, which, oh, my God, that's got to be astronomical. I can't imagine paying the electric bill for a super Walmart store. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that might take a, a year's income for me. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's got to be huge. To heat it and to light it and run it. That would be the, just one month. Um, one month, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't wear a mask, you are denied your rights. That's what they're trying to make you believe. And Natalie and I, we're constantly speaking out against these mask mandates because I, I think it's, it's central to what's going on. No, they don't have the right to make you put something on your face let alone a medical device. It's a, a mask is a medical device. They don't have a right to tell you to do that. They don't. Well, you know, I
3: heard on the radio that they were interviewing this doctor, and he said, why are we doing all of this? He said, basically, our death rates on COVID are the same as the common cold and he he was laughing on the radio i mean probably out of disbelief that all of this hysteria over covid he said you know we're we're making a vaccine for what i mean the vaccine is not 94% effective and yet People recover from this virus. It's uh, like a 99.8%. <laughs> and, and he said, so basically, Why do you need a vaccine? what does the vaccine do that, that getting the virus and getting over it can do? It does nothing.
1: Nothing other than make people feel good because they've scared the hell out of them. Exactly.
3: And again, it goes back to fear. It's fear-mongering.
1: Yeah, it is fear-mongering. Um, <clears throat> by,
3: by the way, I wanted to touch on the mask situation. Yeah, go for it. Um, I don't know if people know this or, you know, maybe some of the listeners out there have not thought about this, but uh, a client of mine owns a business and, you know, it's hard for a business owner to monitor their employees, the operations, you know, they're dealing with money, paper, customers, et cetera, et cetera. Well, anyway, somebody came into his shop and there were a couple customers in there not wearing a mask. And so they turned him in on that hotline, to the governor. God, I hate snitches. Oh, well, let me tell you what happened. They're traitors. So the state police came out and fined him $5,000. This happened three times. $15,000 worth of fines, right? So he hired a lawyer. I don't know if people know this or not, but when the legal folks get involved, you have a right to know who your accusers are. Right, absolutely. He got the names and phone numbers of each of the individuals. Nice. Did you know that that could happen? Did the governor tell you (laughs) that if you got a lawyer that they could find out who you were that reported the business? And let me tell you something. We are living in a time when people are on edge. We have no idea what they're going through financially, but it makes people crazy.
2: Yeah.
3: And there are some people that may just decide, you know what, I've had it, and they come to your house, and that's the end of you. So you better think twice before you call the hotline and report it, because if you get a lawyer, they're going to find out who you are. And
1: that may not go so well for you. You know, that gives me a little bit of a lead-in to something I was going to talk about, and I'm sure you'll have something to contribute to this as well. A certain radio talk show host on a certain other station in this city, which everything's going to remain unnamed because I don't want to... Give them any credit, I'm simply going to talk about the situation. So I tuned into this person's show. I think it was like last week, <clears throat> and I thought, okay, you know, I, I can't stand this person because, in my opinion, he's a, a fake conservative. He claims that he's for freedom, and he claims that he's a conservative Republican, and all this other nonsense because what he his actions prove otherwise. Or his lack of action in, in some cases. So <clears throat> I listened to like the first 15 minutes of his show. First couple callers that call in, Trump haters. They're just bashing the, Trump, bashing the president and just talking all kinds of crap about him. And what's this radio announcer do? This supposed conservative Republican that believes in freedom? He doesn't push back at all. Now, I can tell you, if those people called into our show, uh, they would be hearing my pushback. They'd be hearing my thoughts on the subject, (laughs) okay, because they're calling into my show. So I'm going to have plenty to say, uh, just like the liberal we had call in the other day, that Natalie and I, we just – we gave him an earful, and uh, he couldn't produce any facts, and – He hasn't called back since so i don't know maybe he's kind of afraid to call back i'm not really sure
3: yeah and you know that that's Mm -hmm. that's what's really disheartening is that that the facts are missing you know i've i've asked people you know they gripe about trump they don't like his hair they don't like his tweets you know they they don't like so many different things about him first off personality and character traits have nothing to do with policy
1: absolutely nothing the president's
3: policies are fantastic for
1: this country they are they're great the country's been incredibly successful under his policies yeah and
3: i've asked him i said tell me something i want to ask you a question let's let's get to the bottom of this what has the president specifically done that has made your life less livable
1: Oh, yeah, and they can't answer they, that. They never have an answer for now, if that. Now, they'll come up with a liberal talking point, and yeah, maybe we should stop calling them liberals. You know, just like on this show, one word that is banned from the show along with other words that we're not supposed to say over the radio that Natalie and I have decided is the the C word that ends with a D. Okay? <laughs> we don't say that word. That word is off-limits, by the way, in case you don't know, you know now. That word is off-limits here. Okay. Okay? So... Back to my listening to this unnamed radio show host on this unnamed radio station. Another guy called in talking about how he was snitching out a gym that was not complying with the public health order and was calling it um, physical therapy. Well, it is physical therapy, right? If you go in and work out and, and that's physical therapy. You're yeah. you're giving your body physical required physical therapy to stay in shape and stay healthy. Absolutely. I would say it's it should all be considered physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, he's talking about he how he is snitching out this guy that's running this gym and this unnamed radio host just went along and didn't say anything. This guy that believes in freedom and liberty and is a conservative Republican. Yeah,
3: I um, I know what radio station you're talking I'm about. I'm sure you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, my wife uh, and I, we just listened to the station to hear what the other side is, is talking about. The individual that you're referring to does masquerade as a conservative. However... I was listening to him one day, and I told my wife said, "You've got to turn this station off.: it's Oh it's, stri- it's driving oh, me, my, crazy. me crazy. I can't, I can't I can listen only, to this anymore. Yeah, I can only stomach so much. And I told her, I said, "You want to know what this individual is? He's a modern-day soothsayer. That's what he is. He's a modern-day soothsayer. He'll tell you whatever you want to hear. It's all about, you know, I, I, I think we've had this discussion before, but it's all about
1: ratings. It's all about ratings. So you think that that particular station is now catering to the the socialist, communist types? No. Or the wishy-washy ones. I I don't don't know. I don't think they're
3: catering because they vacillate back and forth. They do. Constantly. So they don't really stand for anything, and you know the old saying: if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for
1: anything. And you stand for nothing. Exactly,
3: <laughs> and that's pretty much what that station is. And so, uh, consequently, I don't listen to it anymore because um, I just want to listen to fact-based information that's backed up with, you know, articles or uh, other individuals that can uh, have evidence. You know, that's what I want to listen to. I don't want to listen to just uh you know people just saying things that they
1: don't have any facts for yeah and that's really or, or a stand for nothing exactly i i it drives me crazy it does and i think one of the appeal of our show here with Natalie and, and i is we speak the truth we stand by our principles and we push back
2: mm-hmm.
1: we don't take it sorry, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to accept communism, socialism. I'm not going to accept any of this. Right. Ever. Right. So let me dive a little bit into our mask mania stuff that I made notes about because stuff just it's happening all (laughs) the time. And (laughs) and and I'm always out there starting up trouble. and, (laughs) And and, you know, I'm sure that People in some of these places, they just really, really hate to see me coming. (laughs) My roommate, Mark, and I went to our favorite Walmart. I'm also not going to say where that is. (laughs) You mean it's still open? It's still open, believe it or not. So we waited in this long line, freezed our butt off for over an hour. We finally got to the door where the greeter was. And... The greeter is saying, do you guys have a mask? And we said, no, we do not. We don't wear a mask. It's unconstitutional, and we're not going to do it. So he proceeds to tell us about how, well, you know, government man- the you know, s- governor's mandates, and people are being given citations, and you're on camera. And I said, Really? Where's the camera? Camera was around the corner above the door. Me and my roommate, we stepped out in front of the door, waved, and smiled. (laughs) He said, We said, okay, great. They got a good picture of us, and we headed on in. (laughs) As as we're going in, he's calling somebody on the radio. Two people without a mask. I don't care. Okay? I don't care. I'm not going to comply. I don't have to. And I would welcome a citation. I would love to go to court over this. Do me a favor. Write me a citation. Truth of the matter is, like 30 of the sheriffs in this state are with us. Right. They they got our message this summer when we were out doing our Back the Blue rallies and things like that. We're with them, and they're with us. Yeah. They're not going to enforce any of this nonsense. And it is.
3: It's nonsense.
1: It's total nonsense.
3: My, my brother-in-law works for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and California is doing basically the same thing as New Mexico.
1: Yeah. It
3: came down the pike. He's, he's high up in the sheriff's department, and he's uh, a lieutenant. He said, I ain't enforcing this. He said, my men are out there in the field dealing with day-to-day crime." putting their lives at risk. You think I have time to go around and write citations for somebody who's not wearing a mask? I mean, really, let's get serious about this. Not wearing a mask is not committing a crime, in my opinion. It's somebody robbing a liquor store or a restaurant or assault and battery. These are the serious things that our police need to be focusing on, not this mask issue.
1: No, no. So another interesting mask story. I love these stories. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> these masked stories are are about standing up for our liberty and freedom. And that's why I talk about this stuff. Yeah. And that's why I push back. And that's why I won't comply.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. we all know what's coming next if we if we roll over for mm-hmm. this. So my assistant, Mark, him and I, we do contract work. Occasionally, when I have a couple of things going on at the same time, he'll go cover a job. So he went to a um, – and I'm going to say the name of this business just because I want to. <laughs> this is a, a UBS financial in Santa Fe. They're essentially closed. What, what, Mark, there was what you said is around a 10,000-foot square building, 10,000-square-foot huge. And there was, what, two or three people working in there? Two. Okay. Mark's here, by the way. He's listening. So anyway, we uh, he went up there and he got there at our, the scheduled time of 7 a.m. He was there to just do a survey, just walk around and take some pictures and look at some things and fill out a form and remove some old phones. Apparently they're going to be upgrading their phones. And So he'd get there at 7 o'clock when the place is, he's supposed to be there, the place is closed. Nobody's there. He waits for over an hour. Finally, one person shows up, and then maybe two other people showed up. And he is told by the manager of the place, well, you have to wear a mask to come in here and work. And he said, well, I can't wear a mask. And I think he actually used the medical no, you didn't. You just yeah. We're tired of using that. It's like you know. It's like yeah, I'm just I'm just tired of it. You know. And I just told him. I said, you know, from now on, if they want to get their work done and they're demanding you wear a mask, then well, I guess they're going to, have to find somebody else because we're not going to do it. We're not going to comply. Period. Yeah. I find plenty of people that give us work and they don't give us a hassle.
3: Yeah. Um. In my business too, a lot of the clients are telling us when we show up, oh, you don't need to wear that
1: mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell people when they come to my house to do service. It's like, no, I don't allow masks in my house. Yeah. That's what I tell them.
3: I, I, had, <laughs> I had one client who was selling her house, and she told me um, when the photographer came to the house to take pictures, she opened the door with no mask on. Now, this is her home. Yeah, her home. Yeah, and he says, I'm not coming into your house because you're not wearing a mask.
1: Uh, so, uh, dude, it's my house.
3: And that's what she told him. She right. says, this is my home, and I'm not wearing a mask in my home. He says, well, then I'm not coming in. I'm not taking pictures of your home today.
1: Well, well I guess I'll do business with somebody so else. So
3: she was so upset, and she goes, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do, because she really wanted to sell her, her, her home. And uh, she went out in the backyard. you know, And, and like you said, uh, uh, regarding liberty, you know, yeah. liberty does come with some responsibility, and part of the liberty was, okay, I'll appease him. I'm not pleased with it, but you know I'll, I'll just go out in the backyard so he took the pictures and when we arrived on the job my my wife and I were both talking to her and, and she was like wow these are people that think like I did well she came out later and told us she said you know I was really really suffering from deep depression and by you two being here today and talking to me and encouraging me and let me know. She said, I just wanted to thank you so much. You helped me through my day.
1: That's awesome. You know, there are people out there that there are. are really
3: suffering from this.
1: They are. So, back to my story. Please. It gets really, it gets really good. <laughs> so, this lady is just really just raising hell with, with Mark. And, well, I want to talk to your immediate supervisor. And Mark is kind of like, God, do I really want to do that to her? that would be me, right? right. So, so he, he said, <laughs> okay, fine. I'll give you my supervisor's name and number. It's like, oh, I don't know if you really want to call her. <laughs> so she calls me. And, well, your technician is here, and he's refusing to wear a mask. And I said, something to the effect, well, good for him. And uh, And she said, well, our company policy is that nobody comes in here without a mask. And I said, "Well, then maybe you'll understand my company policy. My company policy is that my technicians never wear a mask." So, so we have a conflict. we have a problem here, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so then she goes on, and this is how crazy people have become. Okay, now I understand people are giving the argument. Well, these people are just trying. No, some people are really, really getting off on being the mask Nazi and. Pushing their, pushing what they want on other people, and they're really, really enjoying that power. It's power, you know. It's like, oh, I get to push this person around. Total stranger, I don't know, but I'm going to push them around, and tell them what to do. No, you don't have a right to tell me what to do. So then she tells me that if my technician comes in there without a mask, that she's going to die.
2: Oh my goodness. This
1: is how crazy people have become. They've literally become mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I tell her, you're going to like this. I said, lady, I, I I hate to break it to you, but we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> an, isn't anything you can do about you, it? You can count on it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to die, lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said only God Almighty can say when that's going to be. But, yeah. lady, you're going to die. Did you
3: tell her, oh, by the way, you're dying a little bit each day? <laughs> I didn't, but that would have been a good one, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I I love sharing these stories.
3: You know, I, I have a mask story where I went into this gas station, I got some gas, and I went into the convenience store to get a, a Coke. Well,
1: I walked in with no mask. Oh my gosh! I know. Can you? Did people that? drop dead when you walked in there? Well, nobody really noticed at first,
3: <laughs> until I got my beverage out of the out of the freezer and I was standing in line. I was about four people back, and we were all you know six feet apart. Dead tape on the floor, you know that? You had to oh stand yeah, the tape. In. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm waiting to pay, and all of a sudden the cashier looks up and he sees I don't have a mask on, and he He went ballistic on me.
1: I've seen people do that. I've had people like jump back against the wall and me.
3: Oh yeah. But he had a massive plexiglass in front of it.
1: And he, he was probably wearing a mask, right? Yeah, he was wearing so a mask. So he should have been safe, right? Because the masks supposedly work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus the plexiglass. Plus the plexiglass. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, it wasn't a small piece of plexiglass. And you were probably six foot away from him. I don't know. Oh, so. but at that point, I was about yeah. 20 feet back because there were four people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so at six feet, nine times, four, 24 feet. Yeah, I was pretty far back from him. And, of course, everybody in front of me was wearing masks, too. So I guess they were protected as well.
1: Right. Everybody's safe. The magic mask.
3: But the thing is, is, you know, I'm an older guy, and the... My evaporative cooler vent was right above my head. So it's just blowing wind down on me like crazy. And he's saying something to me, and I can't hear him because of all the noise.
1: Well, you know, Natalie's thing is she acts like she's deaf, (laughs) which really screws with him. You know, it's like, what? I can't hear. I'm deaf. I can't hear you. I can't. I read lips. Well, that would have been the same thing
3: in my case. (laughs) because I put my hand up to my ear, and I'm like, I can't hear what you're saying. Uh huh. And he go and he used a lot of explicatives, which I'm not going
1: to Yeah, you need on the to radio. take your mask off. I can't hear you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and of course, he was trying to talk to me through the plexiglass right. with a mask, mask on. With a mask And like I got heart, this blower above my head. Right. You know right? what
1: I'm going to do? I'm going to get a sound bite for our show for when we're talking about the mask mania. <laughs> where, you know, Charlie Brown, when they're talking to wah, 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 wah. That's <laughs> yeah. what it sounds like, right? It does. It does. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, anyway, he told me, uh, yeah, like, like, sure, you can't hear me. Get the, you know, out of the store, <laughs> blankety-blank, blank, 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 blank. So I was just like, okay, no problem. I guess you don't want my business.
1: No, um, they don't seem to care about getting business anymore. All they care about is making you wear a mask.
3: Yeah, until they lose their job.
1: Yeah.
3: It's like, that oh, well, why
1: do you, we weren't getting any business because you were being rude to all the customers, so now you're fired. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Remember when the customer used to always be right? Yeah. Yeah. I miss those days. I do,
3: too. There's so many things I miss.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, talking about things I miss. Last Sunday. Let's see here. I made made some notes about that. Eh, Yeah. Okay. So, last Sunday, there is a group I'm involved in. And if you guys ever touch base with me, maybe on email, and I bet you and decide that you're not some crazy liberal. Um, I have a group I'm a member of that we gather together and we do things. And uh, there is a, a person in our group that has owns a large venue which has a stage in it and everything. Mm-hmm. And so last Sunday, what we had is he had a he had a band come in playing some really great music. A bunch of us showed up. The place was packed. No masks, no social distancing. Everybody brought in potluck meals, things like that. People brought in lots of booze, bottles of wine, beer. Yeah, we're probably <laughs> all going to die. <laughs> so anyway, so and I had invited some other close friends of mine up there and, and we had the best time. I, I, I referred to it kind of like a speakeasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speakeasy. Yeah, I love speakeasy. So we had a speakeasy. We were gathering in an undisclosed location. We had a band. We had booze. We had food. Awesome. We were hanging out. It was like normalcy. Yeah. People were hugging. People were... Are you kidding me? They were actually hugging? They were hugging. I'm a hugger. I like to hug. Yeah. You're you know. going gonna to die. Uh, yeah, I'm going to die. I hug so many people. i probably...
3: I'm surprised I'm not dead already, right?
1: Exactly. Of course, now you're going to infect me. Yeah, right. And you're going to die, too. Yeah, yeah. So, and you're going to go home to Grandma and Grandpa, and they're going to die, and oh, my God, what a bunch of BS. Yeah.
3: You know, my wife and I... Um, Way back in January when all this started, we think we ended up with COVID because we had all the symptoms.
1: I did back in January. So mm-hmm. did Mark. That cough that just seems... To oh, the to cough go away. is the worst. Yeah.
3: You know, and the thing is, is I'm considered one of the um, high risk.
1: Well, look at my roommate, Mark, 75 years old. Mm-hmm. 76 now. That's right. He had a birthday. Yeah. He's not dead. Imagine that. I know. And he got over it quicker than I did. Yeah. And he's, it, he's got 20 years on me. It lasted...
3: It lasted uh, five or six weeks. How long did it last for you?
1: Well, with me, unfortunately, I treated it like it was a regular cold. Mm -hmm. I didn't know any better back in January. Yeah, I don't think any of us did. So I didn't talk to my doctor. I didn't get any treatment at all. I just treated it like I normally do. You Mm -hmm. know, I took zinc. I took vitamin C. I drank lots of fluids. But that cough just kept on going, and I had mucus running out of my eye sockets. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) it was weird it was like having runny eyes yeah and so it went on for a few weeks and it just seemed to not be getting better so i finally did go to the doctor he gave me z-pack i took z-pack in two days i was feeling better yeah and a little while after that the cough completely dissipated
3: yeah now mine hung around for i think it was around five or six weeks yeah and did you
1: take anything for it initially or did you kind of do like i did well i
3: was taking zinc and vitamins and various right. And things. right and that seems
1: to stave it off a little bit but it seems like the z-pack is the answer yeah and i was coughing all the time yeah. and
3: then uh, finally i mean you would think i would have went to the doctor sooner but finally yeah. i was like you know maybe i need to go to the doctor and, and have this checked out but it was right about then that it cleared up yeah and it
1: started going away did he give you z-pack too uh, no, I I didn't go to the doctor. Oh, you didn't go to the doctor. No. It went away on its own. Eventually, it, I guess it will. It does. It yeah. does.
3: And it, and my understanding is it affects
1: everybody differently. Yeah. But, Some people point. it doesn't go away so easy, and and, and, and obviously there's a few people that it's uh, they need to get it treated. Otherwise, it can be really bad. Yeah.
3: But yeah. like I said, nine, what was it? Ninety nine point eight. Ninety nine point eight is the number I heard. Of. Recovered. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, along with especially in this state, the governor trying to make people believe that their liberties and freedom are privileges. She is talking about instituting curfews. So now, like little kids, you got to be home at 10 o'clock.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Us as adults, now we're going to be told what time we have to go back home. Um, how is that constitutional? It's not. Uh Why is anybody even paying any attention to that?
3: That's a a good question.
1: And you know what's coming next. Okay, what's coming next with these vaccines that are coming out, which are completely unnecessary in my opinion. They are. Completely unnecessary. I can see that how she's going to further restrict our liberties and freedom is that it's going to get to the point of where... Now, there's all kinds of rumors about this vaccine about a tracker or a dye or something like that that goes into your body along with the vaccine. Haven't verified that yet. There's a lot of people out there that seem like uh, they know what they're talking about. They're talking about this stuff. Um, You guys are going to have to do your own research on that. But that set aside is that I can see where she's going to utilize this as a means of further restricting us by saying... If you don't have proof of a vaccination, you're not going to be allowed to shop for groceries. You're not going to be able to go to any kind of store and do any shopping. You're not going to be allowed to work. And then if you get snitched out by these traitorous people that need to mind their own business, then you could potentially be fined or thrown in jail.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, this sort of thing is happening in other countries already. Well, you know, Qantas
3: Airlines just recently came out and said they're not going to allow you to fly on their airline unless you've had the vaccine.
1: That's just crazy.
3: It is crazy.
1: And So uh, they're restricting your travel now. Yeah, they
3: are. And I just hope that it doesn't extend over to American Airlines, or, uh, and, and I don't mean American Airlines, the company specifically, but just American carriers in general. Yeah um you know my wife and i have a tendency to travel quite a bit and this would really hamper our traveling but i'm not going to get the vaccine
1: no i'm not and you know i will never fly in another airline as long as they're going to force me to wear a mask to do it yeah
3: i did you, did you see that youtube video a while back um it was with bill gates because you know he's helping to work on the vaccine and whatnot right but it's a youtube video and he was speaking to a group of CIA agents.
1: I saw Did that. Did you see that? I saw that. It's kind of hard to tell whether it's him or not. Now, there are a lot of people that are swearing up and down that that is actually what that is. Because
3: it sure sounds like his voice. I yeah. I mean, he's up on the stage right. pointing out, you know, the differences between uh, basically conservatives and leftists, yeah. if you will. And
1: that video is from years ago, right? So it was probably... Mm, secretly videoed with a camera that is not nearly as good as the ones we have now. So the resolution was not good. Yeah.
3: Hard to say. But, you know, what the CIA agent did say, though, during that presentation was, how are you going to get conservatives to change, basically, to have more liberal thoughts or whatever? And he, in the video, says we're going to vaccinate the hell out of it. And one of the CIA agents said, um, you know, that's going pretty far out on a limb. And Bill Gates was like, just be quiet, be quiet and listen, you know. And I thought, hmm, that's very interesting. I mean, I don't know much about the vaccine, but I've just heard, you know, various people talking about, whether well, there's going to put things in it. And
1: I don't know so much about that. I don't know. And I've I've heard things about it having fetal lung tissue used um, as part of the process of making it.
3: Yeah, there's still too many unknowns though, and there's a lot of different vaccines, from my understanding. I mean, one of them
1: has to be kept at what was it minus ninety four degrees? Oh, some my no, my, I heard like minus was it minus seventy Celsius? Oh. Yeah, I mean,
3: that's got to come out of the fridge and go into you immediately. But I think there's others that don't need to be stored quite at that temperature.
1: How do they put something into you that's that cold? I have no idea. That's weird. It is. Oh. So onto to another place on this Michael or David Horowitz article that I, hi- I highlighted a lot of things in here that uh, – caught my eye republicans can still be heard referring to democrats as liberals they're leftists they're leftists they're communists they're socialists you know and and then we were talking about we also mentioned um
3: and and by the way when we say this when they're leftists we mean the party platform yeah yeah. Not every Democrat I know. No, obviously <laughs> a lot of them
1: completely are, are disagree with the agenda of the modern Democrat Party and you notice I don't call it the Democratic Party because mistakenly a lot of people call them the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. They're not the Democrat. There's nothing Democratic about them. No. They're the Democrat Party. It's a name. It's like, it's like you go into discount tires and buying tires for your car. Well, just because of the name of the of the business is discount tires doesn't necessarily mean that the tires are going to be discounted and cheaper than what you might buy at another tire shop. Right. That's the name of the business. Just like the Democrat Party yeah. doesn't mean they're democratic, doesn't mean they democratically do things. It just that's the name of the party.
3: Yeah, don't you think the party name should be changed though? Because they're really not democratic right. anymore. Right.
1: No, they're not Democratic at all. No. Not I mean, even close. In my
3: opinion today, Democrat is a dirty word. Totally. You know, And my wife was saying, don't call them Democrats anymore. They're not Democrats. This is not the Democratic Party of John F. Kennedy anymore. This is the leftist party bringing communism and socialism into America, and they're cramming it down our throats. And we need to push back. Remember what I was saying about the letters? One letter is weighted now I don't know what it is here in the Albuquerque area but it could be 5,000 people because we're only a state of 2.1 million. Yeah. But regardless of the fact each letter each phone call is weighted and we as New Mexicans we need to call up to the roundhouse and let our governor and our elected officials know that hey we don't like what's going on here and we want to see changes. You know, I don't I just don't see people complaining. I go I go to these stores like you said Walmart and I yeah. stand in line Everybody just stands there, nobody pushes back, nobody complains,
1: they just take it. Everybody's living in fear and in compliance, and they're completely oblivious to liberty and freedom and, and, and the things that the Constitution guarantees us as Americans. Yeah, we still have rights in this country. You know, and... You ever? I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. I like mentioning this, and I'm going to keep mentioning this for anybody that didn't hear me say it before, hasn't heard anybody else say it. You ever? You know, people mention, well, Joe Biden didn't condemn groups like Antifa and and Black Lives Matter. They were burning down people's businesses and assaulting people and and just violence. Why did Joe Biden not condemn any of this? Well, it's because he supports this. Yep. Okay? Try if you know, just further proof, try going to Antifa dot com. Who has who hasn't ever done that yet? Okay. You will notice that if you go to Antifa dot com, it is in fact Joe Biden's satellite website. It's got a picture of him and Kamala wearing their Scary Mask, Mm -hmm. and it's asking for donations. And then it's got a link where you can continue to JoeBiden.com. So Biden owns antifa.com. He owns that domain. Yeah. Okay? He always has because even during the campaign, you go to antifa.com, it took you to the Biden-Harris campaign website. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, did you see the show that Glenn Beck put on a while back where he was talking about the color revolution? I I missed that one. Okay, so Glenn Beck, you could probably go back and look it up, but um, he's talking about the color revolution, and he he put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and his message to us was, please, please do not fall into their plan of what they want. Now, you just asked, the reason I'm telling you this, because you just asked, you said, You know, they're supporting this. Why are they supporting this? Because it's part of the plan. They need chaos to happen. They want war in our streets because it will help them take over our government. And in order to understand all this, you have to go back and and look up Glenn Beck and start looking for the color revolution and watch the information that he's put out. It's quite lengthy. But watch the information that he's put out there and then you'll start to put the pieces together and you'll understand what's happening right now, why there's so much violence, why Antifa's involved, you know, why are they burning down our businesses and smashing windows and overturning cars and all the things they're doing, even hitting Trump supporters in New York. I saw that. Well, I think they're trying
1: to eliminate the whole concept of law and order. Mm -hmm. which is also something Joe Biden would never talk about, law and order. Trump even pointed that out on one of their debates. And Biden wouldn't say it. Biden doesn't believe in law and order. Because law and order does not help them forward their agenda. Right. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of that, my wife,
3: she's asked me many times, she said, you know, how come the Republican Party doesn't get more involved and do anything? Well, I think we're starting to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, with the rallies, with the support, with the mass numbers of people that are showing up, people are waking up. I mean, look at the Trump rallies, for example. Oh, yeah, they're 20, amazing. 30, 50,000 people showing up to these things. Yeah. Republicans are starting to get involved. We're starting to get organized. We're starting to communicate. The party, thank goodness, Donald Trump really brought the party
1: together. He did. And we do need to fall behind the Republican Party right now. You hear these. Mainstream media talking about the idea of a third party. No. If we go that direction, we will never win another election.
3: Well, why would okay? you want a
1: third party? Why would you want to? We've already taken over the Republican Party. We are now the Trumplican party. Yeah. Okay? Because Trumpism is what we're now embracing. Republicans for far too long, and we've seen evidence of this, where even the Bushes... Part of the establishment. I think the Bushes actually voted for Biden. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. I know they voted for Hillary. I know they don't like Trump. No, they don't. And one thing that I learned when I was in college about critical thinking. Okay, these people that talk about Trump. Well, I don't like the way he talks. I don't like his tweets. Okay. You can like the message. Without necessarily liking the messenger, right? And what's important with Trump is the message that he has been that he's been conveying. There mm-hmm. is he's done so many good things for this country. Yes, the list is long, mm-hmm. really long. Mm-hmm. And okay, so you don't like the way he talks? You know, he's a New Yorker. He's used to working on construction sites. Mm-hmm. I worked on a construction site myself just the other day. Um, by the way, I can tell you about. I love construction workers because they don't get in your face. They mind their own business. They do their work. I went there. Nobody hassled me about wearing a stupid mask. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten more and more when I'm out working to where I've gotten to where I like working around people less and less. Unless there are people like that. Mm -hmm. Construction workers.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that's what Trumps used to working yeah. around construction workers. Right now, some of these construction sites, these construction workers, uh, if if you get easily offended, you probably just don't want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but I love them because they're honest, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! You know, god. I used to work with this
3: guy that was from New York, and uh, he said, "You know, from New York, we just we just tell you how you are." and um uh, say it like it is and then you know we get over it and we move on so uh they they have a tendency or can be a little bit gruff so you have to take this into account with our president because i mean he is after all from new york and a lot of like i said a lot of people just don't like his personality they don't like his hair they don't like the way he twer- tweets personally i don't care about personality or characteristics i only care about policy that's what's so important you know speaking of policy and voting i wanted to uh share with you something that i began asking some of the new mexicans here when i first moved here and and i got some very very shocked looks um i would ask them i said can i ask you a question no i'm from california so originally, and we have a large Hispanic population there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very familiar with the Hispanic culture. And when I moved here to New Mexico, I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, um, do you believe in God? They said, oh, absolutely. You know, most are Catholic. And yeah. I said, absolutely. And I said, uh do you believe in traditional family, you know, a man and a woman, Having children, it said, Oh, absolutely, absolutely we be, believe in big families we 're all about family mm-hmm. and of course I, I knew all these things already, yeah, and i said in um and most Hispanics are very hard working they 're very entrepreneurial, they like to start businesses you um, know in, in all different fields, and i said uh, Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And sometimes they'll even tell me, oh, and we're frugal with our money, too.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So after I
3: get done with my series of questions, I'll say, do you realize everything that you just said yes to is a conservative value? Right. It's a Republican value. So my next question is, why do you vote Democrat and vote against your own value system by shooting yourself in the foot When Democrats are anti-God, anti-family, anti-business, and a lot of times some Democrats will tell me, oh, no, 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 that's not fair, you can't say that. No, I can't, because maybe you, as the individual Democrat, are not against family, are not against God, are not but the party platform is. Yeah. The Democratic Party platform. Democrat. Democrat. Yeah, <laughs> i got to Demo- train you, too. <laughs> De- the, the Democrat platform is against those things. Yeah. So they're shocked, and I've had many of them go, oh, my gosh, I've never thought about that before. I even had one gentleman, uh, I was in, in the bank when I asked him, and it was so funny because he looked to the left, he looked to the right, as if, you know, gosh, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> But he leaned over the counter and he said, I actually voted for George Bush in in a whispering voice. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, don't ever tell my dad he would kill me. (laughs) And of course, I don't know his family. So this is, you know, I would never do something like that. But uh, it it just baffles me. Like, these are your values, but you vote for the wrong party.
1: Yeah, I I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's because people they don't they they've become kind of lazy and complacent.
3: Do you think it's more out of tradition, like it's <sighs> a, a cultural traditional type of? You know,
1: I don't know if like it is. We need to grandma change
3: and our traditions. Grandpa voted. Mom and Dad voted. You know, we vote. You just don't think
1: about it. Yeah. Is that what you think? Okay. <clears throat> Maybe, but I don't think voting should have anything to do with traditions. I think people need to get off their butts and do a little bit of research. I agree with you. It shouldn't be tradition. The future of our country needs to be about policy. It does. It needs to be about policy. And the hardest part is, is that we can't count on the mainstream news, which is what a lot of people count on for everything. That's got to change. Yeah. It, it It does now, what I've started doing, I used to listen to Fox News, and I just have it kind of running in the background at home, just kind of like background noise when I'm doing my normal things during the day, and I just kind of absorb things as they come in, but one thing that I have found is that they're just as guilty now as. Fake news, CNN, MS, LSD, and, <laughs> and <all. laughs> I, I, I would probably just get as much information if I was on LSD when I was listening to them, <laughs> because it's all nonsense. It is. It is. Um, so, but so I've started watching Newsmax, and I've found that they are very refreshing because, wow, you listen to them, you find out wow, there's actually other news going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And they just talk about all the things going on. It's like, wow, I didn't know that was going on because nobody else is talking about that. Mm -hmm. That's what the news used to be. It did actually used to be that way. I remember. I remember. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid when we had three TV stations. Yeah. And you'd watch the nightly news. Mm -hmm. And they'd cover all the events of the day. Unbiased. Unbiased. They just talk about it. At least it seemed to be unbiased to me. Right. So, you know, liberals—they're not—they're—they have the word is so deceiving. I Let me tell you a little, another little story. My roommate Mark and I—we've been through so many adventures, all kinds of interesting stories we have to tell. A few years ago, we went on a camping trip, and there were um, some people on the camping trip with us, and, and it's like I told Mark. Well, back then, Mark was always calling. Democrats, commiecrats, and it's like, oh, Mark, don't you think that's a little bit harsh? <laughs> maybe I woke up totally just a little <laughs> bit later than he did, <laughs> and I, I said, Mark, I said, uh, some of these people that are coming to this uh, camping trip a uh, little bit on the left-leaning side, and so maybe don't quite be quite as quite as harsh. So. This woman is talking about how she's a Democrat. And it's like, I'm standing there like, oh, my God, okay, here we go. <laughs> and Mark said, oh, so you're a commie <laughs> <laughs> Oh No, no, he didn't say it. He said, so you're a communist. <laughs> and it's like, oh, boy, this is going to be good. And she said, this is what made it worse. She said, well, what's wrong with communists? And it's like, well, uh, Mark no. has served in the military for many, yeah. many years. Well, How yeah. long, Mark, 30? 48 years. 28 years. 28 years. He served in the military for 28 years. So he's served in some wars, and he's had a lot of communists shooting at him. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. So he tells her, he says, what's wrong with communists? <laughs> <laughs> Which that statement just said it all. It's like, yeah. God, Mark, you're right. Okay, these people really are embracing communism. And she she said, well, um. he said, well, I've had them shooting at me in three different wars. Uh That's what's wrong. Uh So, hey, everybody, um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to play a really good song that kind of goes along with what we support, blue-collar workers, people that stand up for this country. And you're going to love this song.
0: Uh, I'll play that uh after I play this song. Okay, was, so we're gonna was, play you
1: a couple songs. I was okay? going
0: into his uh, his service. I was trying to give you a red, white, and blue song that oh, amplified his service. Like this so one. this is a song called Fortune is done by okay. uh
1: That's a good one too. By,
0: uh, Creedence Clearwater so we're gonna Bible. play you a couple
1: songs and we'll be back in a few minutes. All right.
5: Ain't never seen the inside of that magazine GQ We don't care if you're a lawyer or a Texas old man Or some waitress busting ass in some liquor stand If you got soul, we hang out with people just like you My hair's turning white My neck's always been red all are still blue We've always been here Just trying to sing the truth to you Guess you could say We've always been know where I've been, just look at my hands, yeah I'm driven by the White House, spent some time in jail, mama cried but she still wouldn't pay my bill, I ain't been no angel, but even God he understands. Daddy worked hard, and so have I. Paid our taxes and gave our lives to serve this great country. So what are they complaining about? Yeah, we love our families, we love our kids. You know it's love that makes us all so rich. That's where we're at. If they don't like it, they can just get the hell out. My hair's turning white My neck's always been red
0: All right, you're the Liberty Ladies right here on the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA and 93.7 FM. little red, white, and blue from Leonard Skinner. And uh, we've got Rebecca doing a great job holding the fort down. And we've got another about an hour uh, here of the radio show, Rebecca. And as always, people can get in touch with you. How?
1: Uh, they can email us at libertyladiesunite at com. And we're probably going to be changing that email address here pretty soon. But right now, that's what we got I th- I'm thinking about going to like a Reagan.com address or something All like right, that because uh, we're going to we're kind of boycotting Google.
0: Well, we could get you a Rock of Talk one. That's up to you. If hey, you if you those want.
1: are available, we'll do that.
0: The uh, other thing is, you guys can visit www.rockoftalk.chat for a fully annotated uh, version of uh, this. And uh, starting January one, we've extended it just a little bit because they extended the lockdown. Uh, you're going to have to be a member in order to join a part of that, and it helps out everybody here at the radio station www.rockoftalk.chat Rebecca?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, support us. Uh, that's how you can support us. That's how you can support this show. That's how you can support this station. This is how you can support Eddie's show during the week. You can subscribe to rockoftalk.chat I subscribe myself. It's an excellent value. doesn't cost very much and it's a way for you to show support for what we're doing here. So we were talking about the term liberals. And the term liberals has been so distorted, like so many other things. So many words over the years have been distorted to mean something other than what they used to mean. Now, you would think the word liberal would mean liberty, right? It would seem that way. But it it doesn't. It That meaning has been distorted. So, Liberal, in my opinion, has been turned into a dirty word. Now, back in the 60s, way back when, maybe time the time of JFK or something like that, I probably would have been one of them hippies that called myself a liberal. I probably would have, you know? <laughs> I would have been more respectful towards the soldiers back then. But other than that, the whole concept of fighting back against the establishment and the man... I would have been pushing back against that. Yeah. Stick it to the man. That's right. Yeah. So I would I would have been the, one of those people. So So what, now I call myself a conservative.
3: Wouldn't that a well oh yeah, I guess a liberal would kind of push back a little bit. You know, when I think of liberal I kind mm-hmm. of think of live and let live.
1: Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. Yeah, like you thinking that just because you want to wear a mask that you need to force me to wear one too. No, you don't have the right to force me to do anything. Mind your own business. Wear your silly mask if you want to. Mm-hmm. Hide in your home if you want to. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, you do it. You have the freedom to do that in this country. That's mm-hmm. called liberty. Yeah. You have the freedom to do that. And I have the freedom to not do that. Mm-hmm. And I also have the freedom to not be pushed around by you. That's right. So, <laughs> I read a funny thing. You, you guys might have heard about this sometime back, but those of you that are familiar with Seinfeld, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sitcom about nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I was a huge fan of Seinfeld. They got themselves into some... Hilarious messes. But I, I like Seinfeld. He's funny. He makes me laugh. And he's not really PC at all. And sometime back he uh made a statement that he would not any longer be going to any of these colleges or universities to do any shows because these mind numb liberal people, these these students that have just been brainwashed by these Communist, socialist professors have no sense of humor, none. Mm-hmm. Everything offends them. Yep. So he he just said, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this anymore.
3: You know, this has been going on for decades. I mean,
1: when I went to college in
3: 1982, I was taking a pre-Columbian art class, and the professor in there, when I brought up just some basic questions um of, you know about what we were discussing in the class maybe they're a little more conservative leaning but oh he jumped all over me right away he said oh we're not going to have any of this conservative crap in this
1: class. oh that's just offensive isn't yeah. it yeah and
3: so um i ended up getting an f in that class even though i participated and i did all my work and everything he failed me and that's wow. what's going on in these universities today is a lot of these students because I've talked to many of them they say you know we don't we don't believe the way that they believe but we have to go along with the program because if we don't we know there's going to be consequences those consequences are is that they'll probably fail them and they'll have to retake the class.
1: Now didn't Trump pass some kind of or somebody there was some kind of thing that ex, 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 executive order I think that Trump did to prevent that very kind of Discrimination and and persecution in universities. I think I recall something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to cut off their federal funds if they do that sort of sort of stuff to students. I heard about that. Yeah, it was a uh, teaching uh, something.
3: I I remember briefly. I don't. Yeah, I,
1: don't I thought that was great because if you're a college student, colleges are supposed to be a forum for discussion and disagreement and debating so if you take away the ability for a student to say hey um, no I don't I don't agree with what you're saying shouldn't that be part of what college is about about the discussion
3: absolutely it's a sharing of opinions and ideas and different thought
1: processes that
3: people bring into the equation and that's that's how we learn from each other because I mean there may be something that you know that I don't Yeah. and so I'm going to learn from you you're going to learn from me and that's truly an education not when somebody's telling you this is what you must learn this is our ideas you can't express any other thoughts no that's that's not an education that's called
1: brainwashing absolutely that's and this whole concept of that has come into the mainstream over the years of political correctness.
3: Oh, I hated
1: PC. Okay, that is censorship. That is restricting your First Amendment right. Mm-hmm. If I have something I want to say to you, whether it be something you don't like or not, I should be allowed to say it.
2: Absolutely.
1: And you have the right to respond. <laughs> Accordingly. Accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> right. What why all of this with people being so touchy-feely and and just having a chip on their shoulder and being so easily offended oh my god I know it's <laughs> go grow a backbone
3: absolutely i <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marcus here in the background making comments
3: Do you remember when, going back, you know, 20, 30 years when we were growing up, how everything, it was so un-PC. Right. And comedians joked about, you know, particular things going on at the time. I mean, there was even some, you know, racial jokes and so on and so forth. Back then, people just laughed about it. Right. And we fluffed it off. I mean, everybody did this. Right. And people weren't so sensitive.
1: Right, or if you want to jokingly make an insult about me, you better be ready for my response. Yeah, because yeah, I'm going to come up with a exactly. really good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you can respond back, right? So if you can dish it out, I hope you can take it. Absolutely. And that's the
3: way the world used to be. But, I mean, now it's like this kind of thing comes out people go, oh, I don't feel
1: safe. Oh, no. I don't feel I need, safe. I need to go to a safe zone.
3: Yeah, a safe zone. Yeah. It's insanity
1: snowflakes yeah absolutely <laughs> i forgot that term well you know you know a funny <laughs> sticker i saw on somebody's car a while back and and this is funny this person he is a conservative big time he drives a Prius, which is such a
4: contradiction.
1: Hey, be kind to those Prius drivers. As yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Priuses are usually all covered with stickers. Well, his was covered with stickers, too. But not the kind of stickers that liberals would like. <laughs>
0: Black Lincoln Guns Marley Matter. Me. Oh, no. <laughs> another, another sticker on it said,
1: this this vehicle powered by melted snowflakes.
4: <laughs> oh, I love it. I, love I just it.
1: love that. And I th- there were so many other stickers on it. Just <laughs> hilarious. Oh, my gosh.
3: I've seen so many funny ones.
1: You know what, Joe? I love doing this show. I have so much fun here. It is a fun show. <laughs> You can be yourself. Absolutely. You can talk about issues of the day. You right. actually have liberty here. We have liberty here. Yes. We speak our mind. Absolutely. Right. By the way, callers or people that are listening, I want to know I want you to know I miss your calls. And I'm looking so forward to next Saturday where you can call in again because I love your calls, I love the discussions, I love to hear your feedback, and that's something that I miss. And uh, that's the real bummer about doing a pre-recorded show. But this is going to happen every once in a while. Unfortunately, Natalie and I, we have lives in which uh, those things sometimes interfere with things that we like to do.
3: Yeah, before you invited me here today on this show, I really enjoy listening to the show. The listeners, they integrate so much into this show. They're awesome. Our listeners are amazing.
1: I love our listeners.
3: Yeah, and a lot of them bring thoughts and
1: process to the table that really make me think. Oh yeah. You know? That's the thing I love so much about people calling in, it's like I never know exactly which way the show's gonna go. Yeah. And it just I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. it makes it so fun. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening as well. Yeah. Joe is a is a listener of this show and he loves this show. When I when I ask him to come on here and fill in for Natalie, he uh, he said, "Gosh, I don't know, Rebecca. What are we going to talk about?" I said, "Joe, it just kind of comes to you, <laughs> you know. We don't really, <clears throat> just in case you know, don't know, we don't really script this show at all. I'll I'll like come out with like an, a, a rough outline throughout the week. I listen to things that are going on. I'm kind of a news junkie, and that's how I kind of got into doing this kind of stuff. Is I'm a news junkie. I listen to i i i." scour social media. I read articles from different uh, real news agencies, independent news agencies. And I just pick up all kinds of stuff. I go out. I live my life. I experience things. And I just kind of mark it all down. I print some things out. And and then we just come in here and we talk about it and we expand on it. We never know which way it's going to go. And Joe and I have sat down this year on a couple of occasions, and we have sat down and had had a meal and just talked for hours. We've gotten together at his house and had uh, Trump watch parties. I remember. Oh, that was so we, fun. We, yeah, we did a one time. We did a uh, rally watch party. That was fun. And Natalie was there. Natalie was there too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And I am just so thankful for all the awesome friends I've made this year. And Joe, you're one of them. And it's like I just value that so much. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise.
3: Yeah, we've had a lot of fun this year, haven't we? We have. I met some wonderful individuals at a lot of these Trump rallies, the car rallies, Going up to the roundhouse protesting sometimes. Oh, yeah.
1: And the car rallies so there yeah, so much those fun were fun. something <laughs> driving around with I've got my big truck and I put my big flags on it and we were just like miles long and just do having a blast. Do
3: you remember when our our uh, members in blue the Albuquerque Police Department when they blocked off that road for us? Nobody asked them to do that. No,
1: they just came along and did that for us. They did that
3: for us and they held the traffic back while we all got on the yeah. On to the freeway going down 25 yeah. up to Santa Fe. Yeah. And I, they did. I just want to put a shout out for the Albuquerque you Police You guys are Department. awesome. We love Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You were awesome. We really yes. appreciate it. You went above and beyond.
1: Yes. And more people need to realize that these, these movements by the Democrats and Biden not saying anything about it because he agrees with it about defunding the police and all this other nonsense. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you want to do that? Why would you want to defund the police? Because of chaos. Yeah, they want the chaos. They want it. Yeah.
3: If they have chaos in the streets, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, the Republican Party is getting organized, but we need to continue organizing. We need to continue backing the party. Yes. But when you're organized and you have a plan, you get things done. Yeah. But if you create disunity and chaos in the streets then they can get things done.
1: You know, and I want to say, if you unfortunately hear some of the mainstream news or uh, a lot of people trying to make you believe that Trump lost the election, he didn't win the election, he won this election by a landslide. Oh,
3: absolutely, I, I and believe that. we're in
1: the fight of our life right now. And I want to tell you that regardless of what happens as a result of all this nonsense, we're not done. No. We got to keep fighting more than ever. Mm-hmm. Okay? No matter what happens, we got to fight, keep fighting because this march towards communism, socialism, totalitarianism, this dictatorship we have in this state right now, this is going to continue no matter what. Mm-hmm. And we cannot let down our guard. We're awoken now. We need to stay that way. Absolutely. We need to keep fighting. We need to keep having rallies. We need to keep pushing back. <clears throat> if you value your freedom, you need to push back. Just like these people that I call mass Nazis that are trying to make me do something because they're trying to exert their authority on me when they have no authority on me. Mm-hmm. A Walmart employee has no authority over me. You have a right to be shopping there. It's a place of public accommodation. Mm -hmm. It's an open business, open to the public.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So push back, speak up, stand up.
3: Absolutely. And you know what? Don't give up hope. This election is not over. You know... I listened to this show and I heard Eddie say that, you know, I believe President Trump is going to win, and and I feel that way also. I
1: do too, and we need to all keep that in mind.
3: Yeah, and, you know, we need to let this play out in the courts. I I truly feel it's headed to the Supreme Court, but, um, you know, if it ends up in the House of Representatives, then Trump has a very good chance of being re-elected.
1: Yep, and there's even a question I've heard people talking about the electors, some states may choose different electors. Yeah, I've heard that. There's also. a lot of there's a lot of ways this can go. Yeah, there is a couple different
3: ways that I'm seeing right now, but you know, I really do believe this is headed to the Supreme Court. I don't think it was a coincidence though that uh Amy Con- Coney Barrett was Confirmed to the Supreme Court. I
1: knew she was going to be the pick. Yeah, there was a And, I, and something I said that, when, that said, when Kavanaugh was uh, mm-hmm. was confirmed, I said, she'll be next.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And And I think she is going to play an integral part in the election of the president.
1: I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, Democrats, a lot of you walked away. There were a lot of them that didn't walk away. You know, David Horowitz mentioned the four-year Russia collusion hoax, the failed coup, the impeachment attempts. And this effort to steal the election is just a continuation of that. Mm. It's not a separate thing. This is something that has been planned all along. The mail-in ballots were part of that plan. President Trump was telling you months ago, these mail-in ballots are going to be a fiasco. It's going to be a disaster. Well, now we're in the middle of that fiasco and disaster. Mm -hmm. We knew it was coming.
3: Yeah, I knew
1: it was going to be a massive mess. Oh, yeah, huge.
3: Did I mention I used to be a Democrat? Did you really? I did. Oh, my God. And... um. I was a Democrat for most of my life. And I walked away from the party at the time of the Clinton administration.
1: Good for you. I
3: had saw the party for what it was. And I realized they're not for me. Um, I realized they're lying. They're lying to yeah. the people. And they'll tell you whatever you want to hear and well, as long right. as you'll elect them in. But, you know, all this racism. I mean, even today, they talk about. Racism on conservatives or racism. Trump's racist. So, have you ever heard of the term projection, where they're projecting back on the conservative side exactly what they're doing?
1: Well, you know, that sociopathic behavior. Yeah. And I've unfortunately dealt with some sociopaths, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. They try to justify what they are doing by accusing you of doing that. Yeah. And it's a sick, dysfunctional behavior. It is.
3: And they've been doing this for years. I mean, when I started thinking about the Democratic platform. Democrats. Okay, yeah, Democrat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to
4: get you trained <laughs> You're <yet>. right. Why <laughs> am I saying Democratic? No,
3: it is Democrat. You're right. Yeah, it's not Democratic But when no. I think about the Democrat platform, and, you know, we go back in history, and I got to thinking about, you know, the Democrats, they were the ones that were the plantation owners. The, yeah. s- the slave owners. Right. You know?
1: They're yeah. the ones that fought against freeing the slaves. Yeah, and They're the ones that fought against equal, the Equal Rights Amendment.
3: Absolutely. They fought
1: against all these things.
3: And the Civil Rights Act of 1964, I did a little study on that, and I realized that when that came up for a vote to the House floor, that Republicans signed on in mass, but the Democrats held back. They didn't want to sign the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You can go look it up.
1: Yeah. And and like, Don, uh, like Natalie and I are always saying, don't take our word for it. Look it up. Mm-hmm and confirm what we're saying Yeah, because we don't want us to be a substitute for the mainstream media in which you blindly believe everything you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. You know, I started connecting all the dots and I realized,
3: wow, I'm being lied to. And just uh, maybe, I don't know, about a year ago or so, my wife and I took a, a rather lengthy trip, but, we went to Savannah, Georgia, Oh. and beautiful, beautiful place if you've never been there. And so they have all these like plazas where there's parks in the centers and houses are built around it. So you can walk from plaza to plaza. They're about spaced out every I don't know how many blocks. And so at each one of these plazas in the middle, there's usually some sort of historical reference, a statue, a general, a this, or a that.
1: Hopefully that statue is still there, right? Um, cancel culture this year trying to tear down our history and erase it so Mm -hmm. that nobody can learn from it
3: yeah but um we were on on one of the plazas and there was a a nice beautiful brass plaque and so I, i i'm a history buff i i like to read you know about our history and so i'm reading this plaque and i don't remember the name of the general But uh, it did mention on the plaque that he was a Democrat general. And he didn't sign this economic, what it was, it was an economic, uh, I I don't know what the word's charter, I guess you'd say, Mm -hmm. to give the African-American community their economic rights. And
5: he refused
3: to sign it. And my wife was standing about three or four feet away from me, and I said, hey, you've got to come over and read this. I said, this is right out here in public for the whole world to see. Read what it says here. This Democrat general would not sign the charter to give them their economic freedom. So, you know, once again, when you go through history and you start looking at who's really racist, I would have to say, based on history, that it would be the Democrats. Now, when I went and looked at the Republican side of it, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah. He was the first. Sure did. You know, he was a Republican president. I've asked many people, oh, no, he wasn't Republican. He was Democrat. No, he wasn't. No. He was a Republican. He, he emancipated the African-American community. You you know, you fast forward, Civil Rights Act. Again, the Republicans were there to sign the Civil
1: Rights Act. There was no question about that.
3: Not so much the Democrats.
1: Well, like I was saying earlier about President Trump, not necessarily what someone says or how they say it, but what they do. Absolutely. If you do a little bit of research, it's easy to find. You can find what the Democrats have done. And they can talk till they're blue in the face about what they stand for, but look and see what they've actually done, and you will find that it contradicts everything they say.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> you know,
3: this may kind of, as you said, the show sometimes can go off the rails oh, a little a, bit.
1: That's okay. You know, we're but, whatever. Um,
3: I I want to give another example of what actually happened to me. Okay. Okay, and many people will recall this. It was during the time of the Clinton administration. Remember welfare reform? Uh, it, the, vaguely. It was the big push for welfare reform. Okay. To get people off the rolls and get them into jobs and okay. so on and so forth. Okay. Well, I had a health situation that I had to deal with and um, my insurance uh, skyrocketed because of it. And so I ended up being forced to apply for uh, down in California, it's called Medi-Cal. Here we'd call it Medicaid. It was a pre-existing condition and so on and so forth. So this this was before Obamacare and all that. Mm-hmm. So I own my own business. <clears throat> and when I went to go apply, um, they gave me the Medi-Cal, but they told me I was going to have a share of cost. So at the time... Um, I was making fairly decent money for back then. I'm going back, you know, to the Clinton administration, so that's quite a few years back. But um they said you're gonna have a share of cost because your income is above what's technically the eligibility threshold for Medi Cal, but because you're medically needy, we have to give it to you by law, but you're gonna have a share of cost. So my share of cost was one thousand nine hundred dollars. That's what I had to pay out-of-pocket to a hospital or doctor or whatever if I got sick. So it didn't work like normal insurance where you have an out-of-pocket calendar, you know, premium maximum that you pay. They told me it was from the first of one month to the first of the next month. So I was already kind of struggling financially, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't afford to get sick. $1,900, Nineteen hundred dollars. What if I go in on February twenty sixth? I have to pay the first nineteen hundred dollars. Then March first is only a few days away.
1: Did you have to pay it right away, or? Yeah, you'd have to pay it right away. Wow, that's a lot of money to come out, especially
3: back then. It is. And you remember when you're on so-called medical and whatnot? You know, you're supposed to be technically poor, right? Right. So it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, yeah, wait it's a second. Like, what I...
1: poor person has that kind of money exactly. laying around? Exactly. Yeah.
3: So they told me, yeah, three or four days later on March 1st, you'd have to pay another $1,900. I'm thinking, wow, $3,800 in a period of four days? Ooh. You know, that's outrageous. Yeah. So going back to Clinton and the welfare reform. So they allowed me to make $1,200 per month. That's it.
1: Okay, But so. yet you're supposed to pay nine. 19- $3,800.
3: Yeah, well, I was making more money at the time. Oh, okay. So the cutoff for them was $1,200 Okay, because I had a family of three. So they said your, your share of cost is going to be up to what you're making. So that's where the $1,900 came in. When President Clinton signed the welfare reform bill with the stroke of a pen, it changed my threshold from twelve hundred and knocked it down to
1: nine hundred. Oh my gosh!
3: So on the flip side, what it did was it increased my share of costs by the difference between nine hundred and twelve. So it added an additional three hundred dollars onto nineteen hundred, pushing it to twenty-two hundred dollars. Now. The rest of America out there was going, yay, clapping their hands. Oh, this is wonderful. Look at all these people that are going off the rolls. But what they didn't realize was they actually damaged me financially and they kicked me to the side of the curb. But looking into that even further, how many individuals actually got kicked to the curb and left there for yeah. dead? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, this was a democratic or Democrat policy, excuse <laughs> me, got myself on that. <laughs> so this was I'll a Democrat yet, yeah. This was a Democrat policy that again actually hurt me, and yet this is the party that always puts themselves as were for the people.
1: Yeah, no, they're no. not for the people. No, they're not. And no. that
3: and that's my real life experience that I can share with the listeners out there of how it affected me. And so going forward, when I look at at politics and who I'm going to vote for. For me, it's about the policy. I don't care about the personality. It's like, what policies are you going to pass that are going to directly affect my life and how I live here? Right. That's what it's all about.
1: Joe, you know, a while back, you and I uh, kind of discussed the idea of you considering a run for governor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you should do it. You know, that's a big responsibility. I know it is. It's huge. And you got to... I think when you get into a political office, you've got to make sure that you don't lose who you are, because that happens so often. Yeah. People that you think are with you and share your values, and then they get in the government, and suddenly those values just go by the wayside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would imagine it's probably difficult to maintain your values, but Trump has maintained his values while he's been president, yeah. and they've tried to destroy him over it. Yeah, That's what happens. That's right. You know, my wife and I were talking about that
3: and I said, you know, what's going on today is hatred. This is no longer about Democrat or Republican. This has come down to what's right and wrong. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. Okay. Politics aside, this is about right and wrong. Yeah. And I told my wife, I said, you know why the Demo- the Democrats are so angry at President Trump they have been planning these strategies for decades. Oh, yeah. And Trump has destroyed everything in about three years. He's and thrown a, a wrench into their whole thing. Yeah.
1: You know, you got the uh, Agenda 2030 and all that, yeah. uh, which I can't talk about that in depth because honestly, I haven't done the research on it yet, but I'm sure I will. Yeah. And it'll probably be something that I talk about soon.
3: Are you referring to the United Nations yes. Agenda for 2030? Yeah. You have no private property?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they want
3: to take private property away from people.
1: Well, and, you know, by in this state, by the governor going in and destroying everybody's financial standing, wiping out their businesses, bankrupting everybody, that's a step in that direction of no private property. Because what happens when you don't pay the lease on your building or you don't pay your mortgage or you don't pay your payment on your vehicle, it all gets repoed.
3: Yeah, you know, um, that's very near and dear to my heart. I can speak on that from personal experience because um, I own a small apartment building here in Albuquerque. And um, I sold my house in California, and I came here and I paid cash for the building. So there is no mortgage on it. Mm-hmm. So when we went through COVID in the New Mexico Supreme uh, uh, Court...
1: Uh, 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 we don't say that word. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when all this came down... Call it, call it anything else but that.
3: Okay. Okay. So when this virus right. came down... Or the Rona or the flu, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> whatever. So um, New Mexico Supreme Court said you can't evict for non-payment of rent. Right. You can evict for other things.
1: But yet you still have to pay a mortgage on the building, right? Well, as I said, my building's paid, but there are okay. many
3: landlords out there who are paying mortgages.
1: Right. right. And the first thing they do when they collect their rent every, rent every month is they... Take out the portion that goes to the purse, the the mortgage holder, and then they pay the mortgage holder. Yeah. So what are those people going to do when they can't pay their mortgage anymore? Well, here's the thing: there
3: is no there is no provision for property owners in any of these laws. Now, there are some other ones that came down to, including the uh, Centers for Disease Control. I don't know if you've heard about that or not, but they also came out with an order in September, and The difference between these two is that the New Mexico Supreme Court's uh, order said you cannot evict for non-payment of rent, and they threw in other things in there, too, that if you were uh, accepting any kind of subsidy from the state or the federal government, that you were included in this order. Now, remember, my building was paid for, so I just barely kind of scanned under the radar. But you still got to
1: pay property taxes, which I'm sure those are significant. Right.
3: Now, I haven't had any problems in in my particular building because most of my tenants have been paying their rent and they still have jobs and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But um, when the CDC came out with their order, that was damning. And right now, the National Apartment Association is really trying to wade through all this regulation and they are trying to advise their members on how to navigate these waters because this is an area that we've never really been in before. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to talk about taking away somebody's liberty. What I see this as is a move to take property. And the reason why I say that is because There is no provision for those of us that have to pay mortgages. We're we're, we're
1: not off the hook. Think about this, Joe. This is something that crossed my mind when I was thinking about uh, what we were going to talk about today is that no private property. Okay, how do they accomplish that no private property? Okay, when you have property, especially commercial property, I would imagine the property taxes are significant. You have to pay those no matter what, there is no provision for you to not have to pay your property taxes. No. And like I said, if if you have a mortgage on the building, you still gotta pay that too. Well, you're not collecting your rent, then you still have to pay this stuff. So there we go. There is a way for them to essentially make sure that you don't own any private property.
3: Yeah. Because it, it
1: gets comp it gets it gets well, I mean, in the case of if you don't pay your property taxes, the state takes your property away from you. Yeah, they can. Then they own your property.
3: Yes. Uh, there's, I know in California there was a five-year provision before they would actually seize your property. I don't know what it is here in New Mexico, but I, I know there is a, uh, a period of time before they can actually do that. I think what's more important here, though, is that most of the mortgages that are out there are government-backed they're either through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, you know, there's a a lot of them. Um, But what happens when your property gets foreclosed upon? It goes to HUD. Which is the government. Housing and Urban Development, right? Right. And what does HUD do with it? They keep it for a while. They send somebody in, fix it up, whatever, and they Mm -hmm. relist it. However, my point is it goes to the government. So I can see how they could easily seize property and now say this is the property of the government. You didn't pay your mortgage. Belongs to us now, we're going to do with it what we want to do with it. Because HUD doesn't necessarily have to sell it. If they want, they can put people in these homes and not charge them rent or charge them rent or whatever they want to do.
1: You know, another thing that I was thinking about too is you talk about the Democrats saying things like, oh, we're going to forgive your student loans or we're going to do this or that, we're going to forgive this or that, where you're not going to have to pay. What's the price for that? Okay, nothing's free. No. If they say suddenly, oh, well, you don't have to pay off your $50,000 student loan or you don't have to pay off this or that or whatever, don't they own you at that point? Well, I think... I kind of wonder what the... Well, what do I got to give you in return for that?
3: uh, All of your liberty. Yeah. Yeah, because as soon as you do that, you're giving away all of your freedoms. Every time you trade a government program for something, you're giving away a little bit of your freedom with each, each program. Yep. And so, you know, all of this free stuff, what they're really trying to do is uh, devalue our dollar. They want our system to collapse. I thought about this, you know, I was talking to you about this earlier. I'm a student of the Bible. I'm not going to
1: go into that you know, too
3: deeply? Yeah. Depending on what. you... Well, a you lot of it. our
1: listeners are, so... Okay. I am too.
3: So, um, you know, in Revelation, in, in the 13th chapter, it talks about this new money system. And this money system will be controlled by a chip, which we know they already have chip
1: technology. Eventually. They've got a patent for it. Yep. Patent and 060606. Yep. I mean, is that a coincidence? I don't think so.
3: Yeah. You know, it's very interesting how... I found out about this because it was back during the Reagan period when he was president. And everybody was going, oh, is he the Antichrist? Is he the Antichrist? And I just laughed. I'm like, no, he's not the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. But that's what led me to believe, you know, I really need to study this. I need to find out what, how all this ends. And I got this book. The book is called The New Money System by Mary Stewart Ralph last name is R-E-L-F-E you can buy the book on Amazon.com I think it's three or four bucks but it literally outlines the whole process going all the way back to ATM cards and in the Bible it talks about in the end times there's going to be a global economy there's going to be a one world government and a one world monetary system well how do you get a one world monetary system when the United States of America is the world's reserve currency? You know, things are bought in dollars, oil's bought in dollars, the yeah. world trades in dollars, right? And the United States has the ability to print money. You know, a lot of other nations don't have that ability to print money.
1: Yeah.
3: So how do you bust the dollar? You bring on a lot of debt? And you continue to print money until we have hyperinflation and our dollar is not worth anything. And Glenn Beck was just talking about well, this and that the other has day.
1: happened in other countries. That happened in Venezuela, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we, like we see what happened there. Cost you a fortune to buy a loaf of bread now in absolutely. Venezuela. So,
3: in reference to the globalization, America will never fit into that plan. And the reason why it won't fit into that plan is because our, our standard of living is one of the highest standard of livings in the world. Now, I've been around to many places in the world. I've been to South America, all all up in Northern America. I've been to Mexico. I've been to a lot of places. I've seen how other people live. And in many of these places, they are third world con- conditions. Well, and, and even in China, for example. Now, China, I've seen Shanghai and You know, Hong Kong and some of these places, they're quite elaborate, modern buildings and so on and so forth. But what they don't tell you is they're paying their people about $10 per day. Mm -hmm. So how do we make widgets in this country as a business person when I have to pay you $20 an hour, plus I have to pick up 65% of your health insurance premium if I offer that, and I have more than 25 employees under Obamacare. And on top of it, I'm paying all the payroll taxes and this and that and the other thing. And I've got to build all this into my product in order to cover my expenses. So how do I do that and compete with China, who's paying their people $10 a day? Yep. It can't be done. Nope. This is why America will never fit into a global economy except one way only. And you have to smash and break the American economy, and you have to bring down our standard of living so that we're on par with the rest of these countries. And we're
1: seeing that happening in right Democrat-led right states around this country. We're Absolutely. seeing it here. People yeah. are nearly brought to, brought to their knees in this state. California, yeah. Michigan, all ran by tyrants. Absolutely. And that they, that is exactly what they're doing. These states that are run by Republicans, and they're opening their states up, and they're not imposing all these ridiculous restrictions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not... Um, According to the Rona, you know the Rona cases, they're they're really not. These lockdowns have not made a difference. The only difference they've made is to destroy, destroy people's lives.
2: Right. That's
1: the only difference it's made. Hasn't. You're gonna if you're gonna catch the Rona, you're gonna catch it. It's yeah. gonna spread. It's gonna spread as much as it's gonna spread. There's anything you can do about it. It's going to spread just like any other thing, like the flu or the common cold. It's gonna spread. Mm-hmm. But ninety nine point eight percent ninety nine point yeah ninety nine point eight percent chance that you'll recover just fine. Yeah. And many, many people I've known, many family members I've known, you, I Natalie, her family, all of us. We've all got it. Yeah. We all got it. We all recovered. Yeah, and I don't know a single person that I personally know that got it and died. I really don't. No,
3: I don't know any either. And I wish no. we'd just hurry up and get to this massive herd immunity
1: everybody and just put needs this to, behind us. Everybody needs to get it and get it over yep. with. Yep, and put it behind and us. Then and then move, move on. on with your mm-hmm. life. Stop living in fear. Absolutely. Hey, um I don't think we have a ton of time left, Joe. So I want to touch on this thing, uh the Supreme Court rules against Como's cor- I'm not gonna say that. Corona Limits. <laughs> I almost did it myself. You did. I got you there. <laughs> so, and this is from a Fox News headline from November 25th. And I just wanted to make some comments on this. That they're important to me. The U.S. Supreme Court, it says here, U.S. Supreme Court on Wednesday night blocked New York Governor Andrew Cuomo from re- reimposing... Strict attendance caps at work worship services in areas hard hit hit yeah hit hard by the novel Rona <laughs> so the court ruled five to four to bar Como from enforcing his October 6 cluster initiative against houses of worship that sued to challenge the restrictions, okay, so that right there bothers me, yeah, okay. This is the Supreme Court. Yes, they got a ruling against him, a five to four ruling. Aren't the justices of the Supreme Court supposed to be upholding the Constitution of the United States of America?
3: Absolutely.
1: Is in any way restricting the liberty and rights of houses of worship in any way interfering with that doesn't that violate the First Amendment of the yes. Constitution? Yes. So why is this not a nine-zero
3: ruling? I wondered the same thing myself. It's uh, mind-boggling. Yeah. I, I feel that this again is just going back to political parties, you know, and they're making decisions based on that. Just because the coronavirus. Uh,
1: there you go. Do you like that? I, I got, I got, <laughs> you. I got you
3: there now. Just because the coronavirus is here doesn't take away our constitution. You know, the constitution is a living document, and it protects all of our rights as American citizens.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Okay. Yeah, and so that bothers me that this would not be a unanimous decision. I thought it was going to be. Okay, providing we had court justices that actually are doing their jobs. Yeah. Okay, I don't care if the Rona's going on. I don't care what the heck is going on. Constitutional rights and liberty should trump it all. Absolutely. You know, I'm a little
3: concerned about how this... Uh, ruling went because you know biden is although he's not really officially saying it we know they're going to pack the court
1: uh, i think so yeah i, I do i think i think, they're I think pack they'll try the court. Mm-hmm. now if we hold the senate that won't happen right that's why georgia
3: is so imperative that absolutely
1: get that senate. anybody that is in georgia happens to be listening to us on the app or online or whatever or you know somebody in Georgia, oh my God, tell them they need to get out and vote for those Republicans, yeah. because if the Senate is lost, so many bad things are going to happen in this country. They
3: are. When they start taking all of our rights away, we're, we're done. We're done as America. As we we
1: are. It. You won't recognize this country no. anymore. No. And you know what?
3: We, we really are the, the standard for the rest of the world. We are. So many people look at us. They come to this country in droves, immigrants here, for a better life. Yeah. You know, I I remember working with this one gentleman. um, He was from Romania, and I loved listening to his stories. He, He came from communist Romania. And the reason why he came to this country, he said what finally did it in for him was his baby was ill and in the hospital on a ventilator,
1: and the government just shut the electricity off. Just shut it off. His baby died. Well, you know, Como was talking about doing to that doing that to people in New York, turning their utilities yeah. off if they didn't comply. Yeah, so they freeze.
3: Yeah. And he said, that was what did it for me. He said, I smuggled myself out of the country. He had to pay to get out of the, out of Romania at the time, and he came here. Today he's worked very, very hard. He's extremely successful, and he's doing very well for himself.
1: I bet he really appreciates the freedom we have in this country. Absolutely.
3: Where else can you do that in the world except for here? Yeah. You know,
1: when you start going around a country, say like
3: India, and so where they have what's called a caste system, Mm-hmm. those caste systems put people into various categories that they will never get out of. Yeah. But yet they come here to America and, you know, the sky's the limit.
1: Well, and they're already talking about uh, they're not calling it that, but uh, the death panels, yeah basically, where they're talking about ranking you based on I don't know a lot of different things, I guess probably of your age and I guess how useful you are to society. Yeah. reminds me of and I've talked about I'm a big Star Trek fan in so many stories, like Gene Roddenberry, he was so prophetic on 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 stories he came up with. It's just amazing. But there was an episode of Star Trek Voyager I was watching, and their doctor ended up on this planet in which he uh, they basically hijacked him because of his medical skills, and they wanted him to help them with their medical facility. And each one of the patients that came in had a a certain ranking based on their age, based on the kind of job that they did, based on their necessity in society based on their qualifications, their education, all that sort of thing. And this determined their level of care. Mm -hmm. So if they were some big-time scientist or something or a politician or whatever, they got moved all the way upstairs to where they received any kind of treatment they needed. They would even receive treatment that was just completely cosmetic in nature to prolong their life when they weren't sick at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas the people that were just grunts, workers, doing these blue-collar jobs, maybe jobs that a lot of other people could probably do because it didn't require much education and there were plenty of people to fill their space, like, eh, put them down there, give them a pain pill, let them die. Well, who said that, give them a pain pill? Oh, remember who said something like that during his campaign? Barack Obama, <laughs> right? So... That's the sort of thing that they're trying to bring to you. And if you were to allow the Democrats to get in power and you were to allow them to basically eliminate private medical insurance and the government take over to where you're completely at their mercy for whether or not you get treated or not, um, there's no telling – what standards that they would adopt or how valuable they think you are as an individual because you will have given up your right to choose your doctor, to choose whether or not you want to buy whatever kind of medical insurance you want to have. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: All of your choices are gone. Right. And this is what happens when your choices go away. Then suddenly they own you.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, insurance is, uh, part of my background. I, um, went to insurance school and I also, uh, sold insurance, all, all various kinds, health, workers' comp, business, fire, auto, you, you name it, life. I saw this coming a long time ago. And when Barack Obama brought in Obamacare, first thing I told my wife is, this is not going to work. And it was common sense. You cannot have non-sick individuals not coming in to Obamacare and only sick people. Insurance companies will pay out too much in claims and they won't make any money. You have to have healthy people that pay in to offset for those of us that are
1: sick. Well, yeah, just like when you go into the casino uh-huh. and you gamble in the casino. Mm-hmm. The reason the casino is able to stay in business is because most people lose, yeah so yeah. so you may be that one lucky person that comes in there and hits the jackpot on a slot machine and gets ten thousand mm-hmm. bucks, but most of the people that have come in have lost more than ten thousand mm-hmm. bucks, so the casino still makes money, they stay in business, well, insurance is the same way it is they are gam the insurance company has to gamble on the fact that healthy people are not going to cost very much. And when, as a healthy person, you buy insurance, you're buying it because if something bad happens to you, then you're going to be covered. Yeah. But chances are, nothing bad's going to happen to you. Yeah. And that's how the medical insurance companies, I'm not even going to call it health insurance, they're not involved in keeping you healthy. They're in, involved in helping you get medical assistance when you need it. That just really ticked me off when they started calling it health insurance. Mm-hmm. That's just another one of those liberal things that they do that's like, oh, isn't that nice? It's like, we're going to keep you. No, we're not going to keep you. If they were going to keep you healthy, if, they, if these Democrats cared about keeping you healthy, you'd be allowed to go to one of those gyms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay?
0: You'd be allowed to go to one of those the Physical therapy. Physical therapy <laughs> in
1: the gym. Like they're keeping all those gyms closed because they don't want people exercising and keeping in shape. Well, guess what exercising and keeping in shape helps you stay healthy. Absolutely. It helps you stay well. It helps you not catch the flu. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't care. They don't yeah. care. Yeah. You know, I lost my health insurance 3 times. I lost my health insurance. No, I lost my medical insurance. When Obamacare kicked in, Mm -hmm. I had a very reasonable policy that, believe it or not, you people are going to say, oh, my God, it was like one hundred twenty five bucks a month. Oh, I believe it. Okay, I had a catastrophic policy. It actually covered an annual checkup, which I did my annual checkups because an annual checkup is for me, I consider to be preventative. Where if something is going on, you can catch it early. And. It also covered me if something really bad happened. I had a little bit of a deductible, but I wasn't going to go bankrupt either. Yeah, exactly. Those policies got eliminated under Obamacare. Yeah.
3: You know, um, I had a good policy, too, also through my business. And uh, it was a group policy through HealthNet. I mm-hmm. loved the company. It's great health, health insurance. Um, not much out of pocket. Very low deductibles for hospitalization, which was $2,300. All I'd have to pay if I got admitted. And remember Obama said, if you like your health insurance, you can keep it.
1: You know, when I heard that, he's such a liar. I was thinking that when I heard him say it. Well, let me tell you what happened. About a year and a half, two years into Obamacare, I got a letter from the
3: carrier that said, uh, due to Obamacare, you can no longer keep your insurance unless you hire another person. Wait a second. He never told me I had to hire somebody else in order to keep my insurance. Hire somebody Yeah, I had to hire another individual because it was a small company, so I didn't have enough employees. So I had to hire another person. Well, the workers' compensation insurance out in California was so god-awful expensive. It was 50% of my payroll. I couldn't afford to hire somebody. So I lost my insurance. Well, I went to a different company called Kaiser. The same thing happened the following year. Another letter. Um, you can't keep your insurance because we're not going to offer PPO anymore. So you're going to have to find another carrier. So I ended up going with Blue Cross. Long story short, with Health Net, I started. I was paying premiums of five hundred seventy-six dollars a month to cover my my family and myself. And this was when. This was back at the beginning of Obamacare when it first okay. started. All right. Yeah. And then you know it came with him saying. You can't keep it unless you hire somebody. Well, let's look at the political ramifications of that for a moment, okay? Yeah. If I hire somebody, like let's say I have cancer and I'm going through cancer therapy, I cannot afford to change my doctors in the middle of my treatment.
1: No, because then it becomes a pre-existing condition, well, right?
3: Well, there is, there is some leeway there, but I'm just saying okay. that's very critical. I mean, we're talking life or death here. Yeah. So... To switch doctors, you know, maybe that doctor, once you lose your insurance, you have to go to another doctor. Maybe that doctor no longer accepts, a- accepts that
1: insurance.
3: Yeah. So now you've got to find a doctor that takes your new insurance. And so, I
1: mean, it's. And it's, how long is that going to take? Yeah, In the meantime, you're not getting treated, right? Exactly. Yeah.
3: Okay. So what I thought at the time this happened politically, I'm like, look at what they're trying to do. This is so much common sense. If they can get me and thousands of other businesses across the United States to hire people at that time, then the president can point and say, look at the Department of Labor statistics. Look at all the jobs we're creating. Well, yeah, but you had a gun to my head doing it. Yeah. You took away my liberty. That's not liberty. No. You're forcing me to do something, and then you're putting it out on the news media saying, look at the great job we're doing, but people don't know that it's all smoke and mirrors. Unless you're in my particular situation and you're actually receiving the letter, Mm -hmm. you know. So by the time I got to Blue Cross, I had to go back to the exchanges multiple times. When I first went the first time um, to get the Kaiser, there were 12 insurance carriers in the exchanges. By the time I had to go back to get the Blue Cross, there were four. Eight of them had dropped out. They were losing Red ink all over the place. Well,
1: yeah, they couldn't stay. Or for they to couldn't stay in business. Stay, no, because they... Because, because if you use the casino analogy, everybody's a winner. Yeah. It's like, well, if nobody loses, how are we going to stay in business? Exactly.
3: And so by the time I got to Blue Cross, my premiums had gone from $576 a month all the way up to $1,423 a month. My $2,300 hospitalization deductible that I had with Health Net by the time I got to Blue Cross was at over $15,000. This is what people meant when they said, I have a health insurance policy I cannot use. I could not afford to get sick. Right. How could I? Trump has
1: actually made that statement. Who's
3: got $15,000 in in the bank they can just drop down to a hospital to pay Uh, their medical bills? Well, not to
1: mention just the fact that, you just got done saying it was another five hundred bucks a month. A lot of people are living on a very tight no, it budget. Tripled. Oh, it, it tripled. it went from
3: five seventy six to fourteen hundred. Oh, okay. Well, and and I thought myself. And they call this the affordable.
1: Yeah, care nothing act. affordable. No, about no, there's it.
3: nothing affordable. This is no. the expensive care. Yeah,
1: act. <laughs> yeah, and it's like most people are living on a tight budget, where they're lucky if they have a few bucks left over at the end of the month, and so suddenly you've got to come up with another thousand dollars, like. Um, Okay. it's hard. Yeah.
3: You know, and on that same note, he signed the credit card act and I had three hundred dollars a month in credit card bills I was paying. As soon as he signed that, it went to six hundred dollars. They doubled my payments. So between the credit cards and the health care, I had a two thousand dollar a month increase in my budget. Who can handle that?
1: I don't know many people that can
3: you know, it would. It you're, would talking, you're talking. You're talking bankruptcy at that. Point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Now, I didn't have to file bankruptcy because I owned my own business, so I just worked a lot harder and I went out and I got yeah. more clients and so on and so forth. But what about that person that's working, you know, in a in an office building or whatever that's maybe making seventeen dollars an hour? What are they going to do? Go to their boss and say, "Hey, by the way, I need to make twenty-seven dollars an hour now <laughs> yeah, to cover all yeah, this." Yeah, you right. Stuff. That's not going to uh, happen.
1: No, that's not going to happen.
3: No. So. Anyway, that's uh, many, many reasons why I left the Democratic. Democrat, the, get, the Democrat. Party. There we go. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to work on you on that. By the time I'm done here, I'll have it down. <laughs> so,
1: so on this Supreme Court challenge that I was talking about, of course, Chief Justice John Roberts voted with the liberals. If every, I, I don't know, I'm going to stop time. calling them liberals. Every anyway, time. this John Roberts ha, has never. Honored the Constitution. He, heck, he, he redefined Obama Care so that he could, he could put it through. Somebody's got some dirt on John Roberts. I'm just going to say that. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. You know, I never thought about that before, but you could have. That's something what I there. think. Yeah. Somebody's got some dirt on John Roberts, and he, they've told him, okay, uh, John, if you don't play ball, then we're going to do this. I mean, we saw what they saw. What 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 they did to Kavanaugh during the confirmation hearings? Yeah, they went out of their way to destroy that man's life, destroy his family. That was a disgrace. It was a national disgrace. And and what about Clarence Thomas? You know, speaking
3: of Joe Biden, he was oh, on the yeah. Judiciary Committee. Oh yeah, at the he called time. it a
1: high tech lynching, and oh, it's my like gosh, yeah, they they it was a
3: hard time. Yeah, you you know again, you want to talk about racism?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, and. And so what I really, really had a pr- have a problem with is on this ruling, the explanation they're using. Now, Natalie and I talked about this the other day, okay. um, about this ruling, and I understand her, her point of view on this. We talked about it on our webcast the other day, that um, they're comparing it, what they're saying as well, you're allowing liquor stores and bike shops to be open at a certain amount of capacity. But churches, synagogues, mosques, uh, you're treating them differently at like a lower capacity. Okay, That was the argument they used, which they basically went after Como. I have a really big problem with this. Okay, now Natalie, her explanation was, since she's not here, I'll, I'll give her explanation she um said well it's a win because at least we got some progress on it they took the win they could get okay yeah. i can understand that but i don't have to like it right okay because they don't have any right to impose restrictions on churches synagogues or mosques period right
2: right okay
1: they don't, have, they don't have the right to shutter any of these businesses, honestly. It violates the Constitution. Now, I think that if we didn't have a bunch of socialist hacks in the Supreme Court, there's at least four of them, that that should have been a 9-0 to zero ruling, and the ruling should have been, sorry, this violates the First Amendment. You don't have the right to do any of this stuff. And therefore, we are striking down all of these things you're doing for that reason based on the First Amendment. Now, if they were there fighting for the Constitution, that would have been the ruling.
3: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. It yeah. really shocked me that the court was divided like that.
1: Yeah. Because I'm like, this this should be cut and dried. Yeah. Period. Thank God for Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Comey Absolutely. Barrett. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they were not in there, we'd be looking at something completely different. Yeah. And,
3: you know, speaking of this, this shutdown, you know, remember the last go around when people were saying, well, why are you shuttering all these businesses and shutting them down? But the big box stores can, you know, have as many people in there as you want. You know, I was wondering, do you think maybe the governor said, fine, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to. Cut the big box stores and make them stand in lines
1: just to get back at us. What do you think? I don't know. I, I I've been thinking during the course of this that the goal is to push all the mom and pops out of business, and the corporations will be the only ones standing. Yeah, and then, and then the, the government will. It's kind of like, well. You defeat one enemy and, and, and support another one so that you can deal with them later. Yeah. You so know, they can ultimately at some point when they've wiped out all the little businesses and wiped and and bankrupted all of these people and the only thing left standing are the big corporations. Well then the government goes after them. Yeah,
3: but then that's when we're all poor. Then
1: they nationalize yeah,
3: the corporations. We're, we're all poor at that point because Mom-and-pop businesses, they support and provide 70% of the jobs in this nation. The corporations only provide 30%. So if you wipe out all the mom-and-pop
1: shops, you just got to 70% of the the jobs. Then they all got to go work for the corporations. Yeah. And then the government nationalizes the corporations, and then they have us all right where they want us. Yeah, I agree. That happened in Venezuela, right? They nationalized pretty much everything there. Yeah, same thing in Cuba. Yeah. I, had a,
3: I have a friend from Cuba, which I love dearly, and when, the, when Fidel Castro was taking over, um, they rounded up all the individuals who had anything. They put them in concentration camps. Her and her father were the last people to make it out on the last plane that left Cuba before they sealed off the borders and yeah. not allow anyone to go in. If you heard her story, you would never want to go to communism. It was devastating. They took their farm, all of their livestock, their home, drained their bank accounts. The government took everything from them. At that point, you have no life. You have no liberty.
1: No, but, you know, if 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 those of you that are out there that all you do is listen to the mainstream media, you'll never hear that story. No,
3: you're not going to hear that story. Like I said, the gentleman that I knew from Romania and he shut off the power and his baby died. My friend from Cuba who got out before Fidel Castro sealed off the country and wouldn't let anybody come in or out. These stories are devastating, but it even gets worse. She talks about um, when they put him in the concentration camps, it was so bad that her friend
1: committed suicide. Well, and we're seeing a rise in suicides in this yes, country. Yes, we are. Which
3: in depression.
1: They don't care. That's the goal. They're trying to break us.
3: Yeah, and we can't be broken. We have no. to keep fighting. We have to keep our hope and we have to keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. So we only have a few minutes left. One thing I wanted I just wanted to mention. Uh, a week or so ago on our show, I mentioned something about Sydney Powell on one of her interviews. She finished it off by saying release the Kraken. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, well, is that like a real thing? Well, it turns out it is. The Kraken is a reference to the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion, and they've been tasked to dig into this election fraud. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things going on that you're not going to hear about on the mainstream news. You have to dig for it. You have to look at independent uh, sources which is what I look at and and I try to share as much of that information with you on here as I can. So, it's it's up to you. You got to do the research. I'm me and Natalie are going to continue to put it out there for you. We do some of the work for you throughout the week. That's what I do. I Scour all the sources, and, and, <laughs> and, I, and I love listening to your show, <laughs> and, and and it's 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 hard to impress Joe because Joe is a guy that he's a critical thinker and he does a lot of research. So if we can keep him interested, we can hopefully wake up a lot of people.
3: Yeah, well, I just wanted to take the time today to thank you for having me on your show. It's truly been a pleasure.
1: Well, it's been an awesome experience, Joe, and um. I, I'm glad I, I chose you to come on here no, and you. co-host. No, you. you have been an awesome honorary literary, uh, liberty lady. <laughs> if I had a crown to put on you, I would. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, we'll stop, yeah. Mark said we'll stop by Burger King and get him a crown. <laughs> so, I want to re-emphasize to everybody. You don't have to do what people tell you to do. Know your rights. Know your personal liberty. Know what your freedom is. Embrace your freedom in this country. The Constitutional, Constitution guarantees that freedom. If somebody says to you, oh, well, if you don't do that, I'm going to report you, and you're going to be given a citation, it's like, fine. Welcome that citation. Take it to court. Have a little talk with the judge. Say, what law have I broken? So far, nobody has done that to me. I keep challenging them to do it.
0: You have such a good, strong
1: voice. <laughs> Thank you. I like to
0: hear you out so, there. I think you're good. You <laughs> are. You're good, you. You are. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for putting the show together. And, of course, if they don't show up with a warrant, uh, they can't tell you to do jack. That's you know right. You what. So.
1: And remember, everybody, stand up for your freedom and liberty. Push back because resistance is not futile.
0: There we go. Are you going to go Rebecca's way? Are you going to go our way? Well, we'll see. See how it all goes. you got to stand up for yourself, your business, and everything else. Rebecca, thank you for being here. We'll have Natalie next week as well. Back here in the Kiva with the one and only Rocker Talk. AM K KIVA, 93.7 FM.